welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dodo Talk Podcast. I am your host, Serial Sensei. We are on episode number 146. As always, you can give this podcast a listen on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, as it's called, or Google Play, Spotify, as well as YouTube. Give us a look on social media at the Dodo Talk Podcast Facebook page, as well as the Dodo Talk Podcast Instagram page. Send questions to Dodo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. And you can follow me on Twitter as well as Twitch at Serial Sensei. And as always, I'm joined with my co-host, Antaku. What's going on, man? I hate this sport. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was riding a high last night. And that high crashed probably, what time did I wake up? About 7.30. As soon as I got on Twitter. Twitter's always the bearer of bad news. Um, yeah, <laughs> we'll get to that, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that, this board is, uh, it, it breaks your heart, man, it, it, it pulls no punches yeah. whatsoever, yeah, all and your it, faves losing the same fucking night, <laughs> <laughs> like, just like, super devastating, oh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it. Hey, but, but other than that, it's been pretty good, man. Yeah. Other than that, I can't complain. I'm, I'm grateful for this week. Went to the barbershop this morning. It's always a good thing. Got got my hair cut in line. Feeling feeling pretty good. Finally got my, my life schedule is, is back to normal now. So tomorrow I don't have to wake up at like 5 in the morning and do a lot of driving. So my life is slowly returning to normal. Thankful for that. Um... I'm angry at Popeyes, which I'll just explain this to the viewers. Uh, me and Antal Cool discussed this off air. Um, and I've been <laughs> venting on Facebook. Um, <laughs> the Popeyes, this Popeyes where I live, is um, it's not good. It's not good. And I'm I'm not really like a Popeyes person. Like I don't. It is very rare that I ever wake up or there's ever a time of day where I'm like, you know what, I really want Popeyes today. At most, I might just want a biscuit, but I don't really, I'm not really a Popeye's guy. But I really wanted to try this spicy chicken sandwich. Like, I had it in my mind. I was hungry. I needed some dinner. I'm like, I'm going to go get this sandwich. And the thing with the Popeye's where I live at is they're notorious for just running out of food. Just, you go there, the, the, no no thighs, no breasts, no no, red, no no rice and beans, no... There's always something missing from this Popeye's. Like, I, I don't know how they really make money. I feel like it's all like a front for a drug op. Because this Popeye's is just, it's awful. It, it sounds it. like the Popeye's from that, or, or the chicken spot from the Boondocks episode. It's not too far from that. This, this Popeye's is so just shady. I said, okay. you know what? 
I don't have any other Popeyes by me. Well, they're building a new one by the mall, but that one's not, I don't think it's up yet. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to Popeyes. I'm going to go get this new spicy chicken sandwich so I can see what the hype's about. And I knew it was a setup. First, I pull up to the drive-thru. There are only two uh, cars in front of me, and it is taking them forever to move. So I'm like, all right, we're already off to a bad start. Then when I finally pull up to the, um, you know, the little drive-thru menu, I see a paper on the, on the menu. I'm like, oh, boy. This isn't good. So I'm reading the I'm reading the paper, and the paper is like, oh yeah, we're out of bread for the um the some sandwich that they had on the menu. Like, oh yeah, we're out of bread for that sandwich, and we won't have any more until like Tuesday. So I'm like, oh boy, here I go, already already on it. So I'm like, you know what? I just want the spicy chicken sandwich. Ask the guy. He's like, hey, what you want? Hey, I want the spicy chicken sandwich. He's like, nah, we're all out. I'm like, bro. Like, I just, I got up out of my bed, I did a lot of moving to get here, and I, I left with nothing. Just no sandwich. <laughs> I left with, I'm hungry, I left with nothing. I, you <laughs> know what, I, I like to imagine that that employee was just like, I ain't making no fucking sandwich. <laughs> he probably was. And they have plenty of spicy chicken sandwiches, but he's just like, I don't want to do anything. I get paid whether I sell you this sandwich or not. <laughs> I don't oh. need commission, I don't, so... So he you kept them all for himself. He, maybe there was like one left, and he's like, no, this is going home with me. No, 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 there's like a hundred, and he just doesn't want to do it. <laughs> but you know what? I'm on his side. Because huh. fuck Popeyes. I just, uh, I just wanted that one sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't eaten a lot today. Like, I, just, uh, I ate a little, little veggie burger and fries like a couple hours ago just to hold me over. And I wanted that 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 Popeyes to kind of just finish the day off for me. And now I have no sandwich, so I have food and route during this episode. I'll let the listeners know. And I don't like eating while I record, but when this food gets here, I'm going to eat something. So I'm gonna try not to chew on the mic, but I'm really hungry. So it's all good. It's all good. I I think you know I think that Popeyes is not um, a corporate one. I think it's just a franchise. Like somebody, like some dude just owns it. He's just really shitty at managing it. Yes, he's he's running his whole drug up out of there. Yeah, because like like, there's no chicken like five days out of the week. Like (laughs) he's just like, why are you bothering to open? Yeah, just 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 don't just just close. Just yeah, just I don't know. Yeah, but like, uh, I, I I was listening to somebody talk about like uh, working at like a blockbuster, and they, and you know how they used to have like the deals and like the trade in shit and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, but it was like, you know how they always say like at participating like rest uh McDonald's or IHOPs or whatever. Yeah. It turns out a lot of them are don't participate because they're just owned by somebody who isn't like the actual company. Like they they own all the licensing and all the thing, but the the actual owner of the establishment is just paying for the licensing. So you know, they they really have like uh, mismanagement is very simple in those types of situations. You know what I mean? Yeah, I used to work at a Hollywood Video, so <laughs> that was actually my first ever job. So yeah, I know how. I know how those go. I have a copy of Metropolis, which is like an animated movie from like 2003 that I borrowed from Hollywood Video 
like a year before they shut down and never brought back. <laughs> and the the thing is, it's on like the other side of town where I like ne- or I used to never go. And I was like, oh shit, I still have this. I should bring it there. And my, I was like, mom, could we drop this off? I was like, she's like, like there's no Hollywood video anymore. They're go- they've been out of business for like six months. I was like, oh. So now I just have a copy of Metropolis. There you go. You got a piece of memorabilia. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't think I can get that movie anywhere else. So a, a good quarter of my movie collection is from Hollywood videos when we had a liquidation sale. I just literally just walked into work. I didn't even look at the movies I wanted to buy. I just came in with a box, and I just put them all in a box. Yeah. And whatever I bought, I just bought. <laughs> this, like, this, is my, uh, this is my final paycheck. I will be seeing you guys never. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like when Toys R Us is going out of business. It's just like I, I'm really, I'm kind of saddened that I didn't hear more stories about like Toys R Us employees who are like, oh, we're not getting a severance uh, because they declared bankruptcy. Well, fuck y'all. I'm just going to take all the Nintendo Switches. I would. Well, I, I used to work there too, but I, I got out way before. Uh... Wait, wait, way before that was a thing. Like, I, I, I knew they were going to fold, though. I knew it. I think we talked about why they folded. Freaking the same people who put EB, or was it EB, EB Toys, EB Games? Yeah, one of those, yeah. Yeah, the same people put them out of business because they don't know how to run a company without just unloading massive amounts of debt onto it. Yeah, they, that, yeah, that company was wild. Yeah. but <laughs> they, they never wanted us to get overtime. <laughs> like, literally, like, I got a clock out at 10. At 9.59, they're like, yo, get by the time clock. We can't pay you, like, an extra anything. Yep, that was how Walmart was. <laughs> fucking Walmart was the hardest job I ever had. I fucking hated it. So much. Ugh. I'm, so, what I'm saying is, if your gigantic multi-conglomerate business, like, is just, like, bankrupt and they are liquidating... Just steal shit. Like, no one's keeping inventory anymore. Just, just, just walk out the fucking store with everything you can hold. <laughs> put it in your car. Go back for more. And then go home. <laughs> and, but, and and then, of course, you have to put, I was the manager of this location when you hand in your resume for your next right. job. <laughs> there you go. Thug life. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. I had another rant, but... I'm not gonna, not gonna do that. No, uh, share, share with, share. Well, it wasn't a, it wasn't oh. a rant. All right, so I'm, I'm gonna make this really quick because we got a lot to cover in this episode. But I'm gonna make this really quick. It's not really a rant, just just a little uh, post I came across on Facebook. Um, so if you guys remember back in 2012, that was one of many years that the Earth was supposed to kaboom and we were always supposed to die, and all, all of that, uh, all that good stuff. So I saw this really long post on Facebook about. Uh, somebody was trying to make... I don't think he was trying to make the argument, but he was just throwing out the idea that maybe the world did end in 2012, and none of us just knew that it ended. And his theory was based on... I guess, I, I don't know where he got this from, Science Channel, something, something, but it was like, apparently, I, I guess in some way, the Earth could get like swallowed by like a black hole and none of us would ever know it oh uh, yeah like, yeah yeah uh, so we would get <clears throat> excuse me we would get sucked into this black hole and we would get sent to like an alternate 
you know, like an alternate kind of reality. And he used these examples, if you guys know what the, uh, the Mandela effect is. Um, he said that's why the Mandela effect is a thing. is because we're remembering what was in the other universe and not what was in ours. And for anybody who doesn't know, like, if you don't know what the, mean, the, the Mandela effect is, um, one of them was, like, the Chick-fil-A logo. Like, one of them, some people remember it being spelled as Chick, like, C-H-I-C-K, and then Filet. And then some of us remember it being spelled as just C-H-I-C. Uh, like Berenstain. Yeah, and then the Berenstain Bears, that was one. Um, Skechers being spelled S-K-E-T-C-H-E-R, and then it just being spelled S-K-E-C-H-E-R. Um... The Shazam, <laughs> Shazam is a, a big one. That one still bugs me to this day. The 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 Sinbad Shazam uh one, because mm-hmm. I swear I remember that. Like on everything, I swear I remember that being a real thing. But apparently it wasn't. Apparently that was a figment of all of our imaginations. We were all plugged in the Matrix, and that wasn't real. Um, but nah, it it was just a, a bunch of examples and just kind of saying how like we're we're just kind of remembering what. The old universe was meanwhile we're in this we're in this alternate i guess universe or timeline whatever you want to call it so i just thought that was pretty interesting and i started thinking like maybe that's why like deja vu is a thing are we like remembering you know little, little bits and pieces i don't know you can go down a, a real rabbit hole with that kind of stuff but i thought i thought it was interesting so i don't know we're all alternate beings maybe that's why Poor Gucci's getting knocked out. Alternate reality, not the real one. We're in the we're in the, we're in the bootleg reality. This one's trash. <laughs> we gotta go back home. But that was random ramblings. Uh, so real quick before we get started, shout out to the listeners, all the people on Sound. Uh, I said SoundCloud. <laughs> all the people. On uh, Tumblr, Twitter, wherever you are in the universe. We appreciate you. Keep oh, yeah, SoundCloud. Oh, yeah, you too. Yeah, everybody wants SoundCloud. Wherever you are listening to this, we appreciate you. Top <laughs> listeners for the week. Uh, as far as cities, uh, number one is actually Red Deer, Canada. Uh, number two, Everett, Washington. Uh, excuse me for these next two that I'm probably going to butcher. Number three is Pinamar, Argentina. Number four is Maputo, Mozambique. And number five is Buenos Aires, Argentina. So. We did just do Uruguay. Uruguay. So. So, shout out to you guys. Please stay. Don't, 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 don't just come over when your country gets a card. Like, you can stay here. It's fine. We'll start pandering to you. We'll, 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 we'll start speaking Spanish. Oh God! Are we gonna be? <laughs> are we gonna be like Bellator? How they go to Italy? We're just gonna start bantering to just random, you know. We're just gonna find random, like prospects from these random countries and be like, "Oh yeah, he's really great." Yeah, let me tell you about Leonardo Di Serapoli. There uh, we go. The goat. The goat. <laughs> with man with the same tattoo as Santiago Ponzinibbio. Somebody had a tattoo yesterday that was bothering me, and I cannot remember who it was. It looked was, like it looked like it was unfinished. Uh, I was gonna say it was a Stipe Miocic's like tramp stamp, but nah, it, it, he had it. They had a tattoo like on their chest, 
and it, it looked like it was like the outline of like a I don't know what it was it was bothering me though because it just it looked unfinished like they had to get up in the middle of the tattoo because like oh snap I got a fight today I can't Is remember it? who it was uh, I'm sure they'll fight again someday they will they will I'll poke fun at them again when I remember who it was but as for the listeners man appreciate you guys keep sharing reposting share with a neighbor friend uh, share with everybody in Argentina. Uh, <laughs> just just keep sharing and reposting, you know, the numbers. We we can't grow without you guys, so help us uh help us get big so we can take over the world. I like to imagine like half of these foreign viewers can't understand a word we're saying, but they just like the sound of our voices. Hey man, that's that's we enough. Are, we are ASMR to somebody. <laughs> I'm mad that I didn't know what that was until like a month or two ago. Really? Yeah, I, I'd never heard of ASMR. I, I get the concept because like I listen to podcasts and like I, it's literally sometimes just for the noise. So I didn't know like that's a whole like like some people are, like really into it. Like yeah. it's like a it's like a thing. But... Some people are really specific about it and it gets really creepy really quick. <laughs> We're not, we're not going to go there. <laughs> we're, not, we're not entertaining the creeps. Y'all, y'all, y'all got to go somewhere else. I mean, MMA MMA fans, we're probably creeps too, but not that kind of creep. We're, we're, like we're, we're going to see a whole bunch of it when Twitter implements um, that you can follow a trend, like a topic. Like, the, the MMA tag is going to be straight up poison. <laughs> At the, the, the toxicity levels. Just... A, bunch, a bunch of Conor McGregor truthers. Um. <sighs> Should we start off with that one? <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. We'll get... <laughs> I'm so mad that that is a thing. And I want to believe like some of them are just kind of trolling. But some of y'all, I'm a little worried, man. Some some of y'all are taking this a little, a little too far. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll get to them. But um, to start off the show, um, you know, we'll go through news and notes for the week. Which actually, we got we got got a decent amount of uh, uh news and fight announcements. Or maybe not a lot in quantity, but there, there was some pretty quality fight announcements going on, and a couple of good news. I don't say good news, but just a couple of news uh, headlines to go over. And as far as fights, uh, we will obviously, of course, touch on UFC 241. Um, I will cover a little bit of one championship, well, what was the name of this card, something with a dream, uh, Dreams of Gold, I'll talk a little bit about that, because I got a chance to watch just a little bit of it this morning, and we'll talk some, uh, Ryzen 18 also, uh, reluctantly, but we'll, we'll get there when we get there, but as always, starting from the top, with, uh, fight news and announcements, so, at UFC 245, uh, we have a duo of announcements, including Amanda Nunes defending her Bantamweight title against Jermaine Durandamy, and Jessica I will also be taking on Vivian Araujo. Probably said that wrong. But um, how, how are we feeling about Nunes and Durandamy? Uh... 
what's going to stop Amanda Nunes from taking Durandami down and just beating the shit out of her like she did the first time? Because <laughs> the only person we've seen try to take Jermaine Durandami down since then was um, Holly Holm. Who is an admittedly better wrestler than people give her credit for? But whose most impressive wrestling feat was taking down Ronda Rousey when she didn't expect it. And taking down Megan Anderson, who got submitted by um, Felicia Spencer in like three minutes. So, ah, like. Props to Miranda, me. She somehow, some way, got back into the good graces of right. the UFC. <laughs> yeah, like even if she loses, it's still a win that you got to another title shot. Because, like, yeah, we mentioned every time we see her name, like, boy, there was a point where I really thought we were never gonna see you again. Mm-hmm. But she's she's back. She's here. Yeah, she's she's here. She's here. I I I like the matchup. Um, I don't know. I. Maybe I'm just on an optimistic kick. I'm not saying she's going to win. I think she'll do better than a lot of people think. I think she'll do better than a lot of people think. I mean, she can't do worse than she did the first time. Yeah, so the bar, is, the bar isn't that high. But, like, I, 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 I want to say I think she can make this a competitive scrap. For at least a moment. Or, or you know, I don't know how long it'll last, but... She's... Probably the second hardest puncher in this division. I'm struggling to think of somebody who hits equally as hard. Yeah. Like, so, she has she that going hard. for her. She, she's pretty long. Like I said, when she's on her A game, like, she's she's really good. But At the same time, though, like, her best win is a god-awful fight with Holly Holm. In which, well, basically, one of the fights, she punched her after the bell. Yeah, yeah. Like... Or at least what cinched it for her, like um, beating like I don't know who who Anna Elmos or and um, yeah a weight drained Aspen lad who cut like twenty pounds in a day or whatever to to make weight like that's there's not a lot for me to like hang my hat on here to be like okay she's gonna outperform what we expect of her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe confidence. I don't know. Don't forget, like she's also like um. I want to say she's pretty old. Yeah, she's getting she's getting up there, or probably is up there. So I, I mean, uh, this probably I I would say probably probably the last hoorah for her. She um, is thirty five. I mean, she could, probably could fight for a few more years, but it is in terms of getting a UFC title, this might be one of the last hoorahs, because I mean <laughs> if you lose Bantamweight you go up to Featherweight, you gotta fight the same person so it's like, you know yeah, it's, it's, you know there is not, I mean what I like about this fight is that it's four months out, which means the UFC has all the time in the world to sign a whole bunch of women at 135 and just let them freaking have at it, so they could have somebody for um, Amanda knew this to fight in 2020 if she should she win, right? But that's not gonna happen. Like, hold up, they they booked uh, well, you, well, you're gonna read more news, but they booked Aspen Lad, right? Already, 
Yes. She's fighting Yana Kuniskaya at UFC on ESPN 6 in December, literally a week beforehand. So I imagine the winner of that fight is the person who's going to get the winner of Nunez Durand to me. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see. Well, I don't know. Well, I don't know what Aston Ladd's future still is at bantamweight, but she's going to show up like thirty pounds overweight. <laughs> I don't know, but we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm, I'm oddly looking forward to that matchup. I'm, I'm oddly looking forward to that, but. Those will be going down at UFC 245. Uh, sticking with the women at UFC 244. Um, at flyweight, Caitlin uh, Chukagian will be facing off against Jennifer Maya. I feel like you called that fight last time. That that was pretty much going to be a fight that would happen. Me or Joey, I don't remember. Well, yes. One, 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 one of y'all called that. Um, but that will be going down at UFC 244. I'm at UFC 243. Dan Hooker versus Ally Quinta. That's going to be fun. Mm. Um, I was going back and forth about who I'm gonna pick on that one, and I'm I'm, I'm slightly leaning towards Aquinta. Mm. Yeah, only I'm, because he's proven me wrong a bunch of times. I I'm not sure who I would pick. To be honest, I want to lean towards Hooker because I feel like his style plays a little bit better off of Aquinta than Aquinta does off of his. But like you said, I. When, mm. yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, it's that. That's that's a coin toss fight. That's that's definitely that's a coin toss fight. Um, but nah, that really good matchup though. Like that was a matchup that I wasn't even really like thinking about, and when I saw it, I was like, I like this. I like this. This is this is gonna be fun. It is so. hard to book a bad fight at the top of this division. So yeah. So that'll be going down at UFC 243. Um, UFC Sao Paulo, uh, we will have Antonio Rosario Nogueira, who is still fighting for whatever reason. But uh, <laughs> he will be fighting Trevor Smith. And then also on the same card, we'll have Kevin Holland versus Antonio Arroyo um, at UFC Washington, D.C. Got a few fight announcements uh, headlining that card. Will be Alistair Overeem versus Walt Harris. We'll also have Courtney Casey versus Vienna Jandaroba. And Stefan Strews' retirement didn't last because retirement isn't real in MMA. Uh, he will be fighting Ben Rothwell. That's, um, is that a main event? Somewhere? No, no, the, the, the Overeem fight is. Okay. I was going to yeah. say, because like, I, I, I thought I saw it was a main event somewhere. I was like, who in God's green earth wants no. this? <laughs> yeah, no. Nah. I love Struve, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't want to see Struve in the main event. Uh, I, we, we don't, we don't need that. So, uh, um, like, Walt Harris versus Alistair Overeem, Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder too, which has a date apparently. We had two basketball players going up against lifetime <laughs> martial artists. <Yeah. laughs> if Walt Harris and Deontay Wilder knock. Overeem and Fury out respectively. Does it prove that basketball is the best base for striking? <laughs> hey man, <laughs> they, they can start making the argument. I mean, it's, all, the, it's, all, all the all the power forwards in the centers. Hey man, y'all know y'all know what to do if you don't make it to the NBA. 
I mean, well, Harris is small for a center. That's the thing. He's only like what six? Yeah, yeah, he's only like six. Yeah, yeah. He's not even a. He'd be like a guard, like a point. I mean, not point. Probably like shooting guard. He'd be like a three or yeah, like a two or three. Three, yeah. So like, um, God, like, so far they're doing better than the football players, because there have been a whole bunch of football players who tried to win the heavyweight title in boxing and just completely yeah. fall flat on their face. Shouts to Seth Mitchell. Um, <laughs> and you, we, we all know our favorite football flunk out, um, the comedian himself, Mr. Brandon Schaub. Brendan. Uh, who, you got, who you got in Harrison over him, though? Uh, this is yet another fight where I feel like I should pick over him, but... Yeah, I'm going to go over him. Just because I don't, I, I I don't see Harris surprising him. Like oh, like most of the time when Overeem gets knocked out, it's because he does something stupid, like trying to freaking uh, going too hard against Travis Brown or just falling for the bounciness of Ben Rothwell or whatever, or trying to be Muhammad Ali against Bigfoot. Like, yeah. <laughs> So we'll, we'll, you'll bank on him not to make, not to make any uh, any life-altering mistakes. I, I will bank on Walt Harris not being tricky enough, or and fast enough to just to spark him. Huh. I, 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 I'll, I will against my better judgment trust in Reem. I want my heart wants to trust Reem, it really does. Ah, this is hard. I, I would also find it hilarious to see the guy who got knocked out by Nikita Krylov knock out <laughs> yeah. a former K1 champion. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It's hard for me to pick this one. I, I, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go on a ledge with you. I'm, I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust Overeem. I'm going to trust in his striking ability that this is going to be the best striker that Walt Harris has ever faced. Probably the most skilled heavyweight he's ever faced. But it's just that Harris's explosion just kind of scares me sometimes. I'm like, but he could catch Overeem with something dumb. And <laughs> so, so real quick, do you want to see, do you want to know who the last five people Walt Harris has beat are? Um, what is it? Just, I forgot, did he fight Justin Willis? No. Did he fight another black guy? <laughs> I feel like he fought another black guy. Uh, uh, yes. Wait, did he? You uh, know, I might just be thinking of Justin Willis's last fight. Nah, yeah, Justin Willis fought um Curtis Blades. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's definitely. But um, let me let me read off the the, the wins, the last five wins of Mister uh, Wall Harris. You got Chase Sherman, uh, Cyril Asker, uh, Daniel Spitz. Sergey Spivak and Alexia oh, wow. Linick. Mm. So, mind you, there's a that illegal uh, kick DQ loss to Mark Godbeer and that uh, no contest with Andre Arlovsky, hmm. which he won technically, but got overturned because I think he smoked weed or something. Yeah, Overeem's probably on a different. Uh... That's a whole different challenge. I mean, if I'm over him, I just go out there and take him down and beat the crap out of him. Yeah. 
I'll roll with Wayne. You confess me. I'll roll with Wayne. Now that I've done that, Wall Harris by flying me. Right. <laughs> Round one. <laughs> About 40 seconds in. <laughs> but, uh, no, that's, that's going to be fun. Look, looking forward to that. Um, at UFC Tampa, we'll have Max Griffin versus Alex Morono. And at UFC Copenhagen, we will have Lando Venata versus Mark Diacasey. Um, I'll come back to the UFC news headlines in a bit. Moving on down to Bellator, uh, they signed the Lady of Boxing, Ava Knight, who will face Shannon Gohari, if I'm saying that right, at Bellator 228. Uh, Ava Knight will be competing at strawweight. And Bellator has a host of cuts. Uh, fighters who were released, including Chitty Anja Kawani, <laughs> no head. I'm, I'm, I'm not laughing at uh, uh, Anja Kawani getting cut. It's just that it sounded like you said Shitty Anja Kawani. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? No. No. <laughs> no, I don't hate that man. <laughs> no, I mean it's not about hate. It's just that he's not as good as Anthony. <laughs> Nah, no. I'll put that beef out there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want nobody in my inbox. <laughs> but no, Chitty. <laughs> I guess there's no way for me to say this without it sounding like that. The brother of Anthony <laughs> Edgekawani was released. <laughs> along with Noad Lahat, uh, Hazaki Kato, Jared Trice, Chris Honeycutt, uh, JJ Ambrose, Mohamed Yaha, Carrington Banks, and Nathan Grayson. Did they cut Jared um, Trice too? Yep. Yeah. That's the only one that surprised me, really. Um, but Trice was on Twitter talking about Bellator was like, if you can't, have, if you don't have fans, then you're no good to us. So. Jesus. Well, not in those harsh words, but you know that's what they meant. But um. Yeah, that's... I'm sorry, y'all. My food has arrived, so if you hear me chewing on the fry. <laughs> Trying to be inconspicuous back there. Uh, that's okay. Um, yeah, no, like, Kato hasn't fought in, like, two years. Ninja Kawani is inconsistent at best. Not entertaining most of the time, if we're being honest. Um, uh, I, I'm interested in what they're going to do with those spots, though. Like, are they going with prospects or... Are they expecting another round? Like, are they hearing through the grapevine about another round of UFC cuts? Um, they got the lightweight tournament coming up. I think they filled out already, but I could be. Oh no, way, I'm thinking of the Rising lightweight tournament. Um, I don't know. It, it's an interesting time for Bellator. So, um, was there any other uh, fight announcement news, or should should I use that as my segue? Um, real quick. Um, and Victor, uh, speaking of tournaments, um, Victor has the Phoenix Rising 2 Flyweight Tournament, excuse me, coming on September the 6th. Um, I'm trying to get my laptop to cooperate so I can tell you guys who will be at said tournament. Um, <laughs> my laptop isn't moving. Uh, I um, got gotcha. Um, well, apparently I don't. Uh... Where the hell is the Phoenix Rising? Announces Phoenix Rising 2 featuring single night tournament. There we go. All right. So for Invicta, 
right uh Phoenix Rising 2 we have Deanna Bennett UFC alum uh former Invicta title challenger um we also have Milana Dudieva uh Marilla Santos Mejao Suatama um D- uh, Diana Torquedo Sherry Moraski, Liz Tracy, and Miranda Maverick. So, and hopefully, um, the last Phoenix Rising tournament was pretty, pretty solid. And out of that, we got Brianna Van Buren. Mm. So, well, we'll see if we can get, you know, Flyway to always, you know, in the UFC needs something, need needs bodies, so. Hopefully, whoever wins that, we can see uh may make a transition. Well, hopefully, we can see whoever wins that get a late replacement fight against um right Taylor Kagan <laughs> on like five days notice because that's how these things tend to go. Yeah, just, just be ready. Uh, and then the uh and then the guy yeah, you were gonna say it. I was saying the last bit of news I had is um uh the zone uh signed jungle fight yeah. For a 33-month broadcast deal, uh, their debut will be in September, but it does not—at least for as far as the last time I looked—did um, not have a date. But it will be in September. What's odd specific odd amount of months? 33 months, which I guess is no, no, it's not three years. That's two and some. Yeah, two and some change. Like, so I, I... yeah, like two and nine months. It's so weird. I guess it's like <laughs> we'll give you guys two and some change to prove that you're like worth the uh I don't know investment. Yeah. yeah, I mean this is kind of what we wanted, right? We wanted an organization like Jungle Fight that's going to put on cards, kind of LFA pace. Um, right. So we we talked about this when the when article um, MMA Fighting ran an article about why regional Brazilian MMA is struggling why we're not seeing as many Brazilian fighters get to the UFC and why we see those who want to get to the UFC are now coming to the U.S. to fight in, like, LFA or Titan. Um, they're just, they're, there's not any money to put on cards down there. Um, Gates has suffered as the Brazilian economy has gone down. Um, it's going to turn for the worse. There's all these licensing fees that didn't exist before because of uh, CAB MMA. Um the Brazilian TV network that hosts the fights, like the, there was like this whole restructuring and refinancing, and it's super expensive to run on TV now, um, super hard. So uh, it's nice to see some type of in- influx of like money into the region, so that these guys can get fights and guys and gals can get fights and develop a and develop their skills before they get to UFC. Yeah, and you'd be on a, a bigger platform. Um, I mean, and just even at a surface level, we're all shelving out this money for the zone. We need we need more product. <laughs> we, we we need more scraps. To like twenty dollars a month, or I guess a hundred dollars for the year if you have it. This should be something on every, at least every other weekend, right? Yeah. And like so. I, I get it that top rank runs like or not top rank, match room runs like fifty boxing cards a year on I don't care about who's the like British lightweight champion of like northern Wales or whatever. Like, no offense. Cause I, like 
I'm sure there are plenty of like solid fighters who come out of that circuit, but like, come on. Am I supposed to care about every Sam Eggington fight? <laughs> yeah, so this this could turn into a good thing, and, and I mean, and jungle fights in their history have had a lot of notable fighters come through that organization. So it'd be nice if we can just get more of that. Just so. a, a man we'll be talking about later, Paul Costa. Yep. Um, that's all I got for news and notes. Ooh. So Ooh. I have three UFC. Wait, I, 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 oh wait, oh you got you got some more or. I have two quick ones, and then the uh, the old man. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> all right. The old man slugging. All right, so b- before we uh, get to, to the old man slugging, I got some news here, too, so. All right, you can go. Uh, um, UFC announced, uh, not the UFC, but sources have talked to journalists, and they're saying that uh, former Bantamweight title challenger Kat Zingano has been cut from the UFC. Uh, she's been released. I don't know if Kat's put out a public statement yet, um, but it's it's a sad run to what started off such a promising UFC career for Kat Zingano. Um, yeah, the 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 injury, the stuff with her husband, um, just coming back and. Then uh, in the way that she did, and then losing to uh, Ronda Rousey, all the injury stuff since then. Like it, it's just really sad to see this is how it ended. Yeah, she was early on. She was the one person like I was positive she was going to dethrone Ronda. Like <laughs> I was so ingrained in my mind like she's going to be bantamweight champ, like no question. And it just. It just never happened. Um, now, like you said, even outside of the octagon, um, she's had just a lot going on. Um, I don't, I don't really watch Joe Rogan as much as I used to, but uh, I, I try to watch the fighter interviews because I, I just kind of like hearing fighters. Fighters have pretty interesting lives. <laughs> Most of them do, to say the least. Um, if, you, if you listen to her episode on Joe Rogan, you'll hear like she's been through a lot, like. Just, uh, uh, just couldn't imagine. Could not imagine. Um, yeah, th- this was one of those headlines when I saw, it's like, like, I, I get why, they, I, I kind of get why they cut her, I guess. Like, her last few performances haven't really been that great. But it's just like, ah, oh, man. Like, it, it, it just, it hurt. It hurt a right. little bit. Um... I, I did find her statement. Um, I didn't want to. I didn't want to take the ultimatum this time. So I guess you can say it was mutual. I had a project that was very, very important to me and to the MMA community and fans. And I needed to put me, my son, my training in that first before I had anything to uh, to give to the UFC. It's shitty timing, but it happens. And I'm still a fighter and ready to fuck shit up. So it doesn't look like she's retiring. Um, just sounds like the UFC wanted her to take a fight, and she had other priorities and they were like okay if this is how it's going to be and this is going to be your first priority then i guess it's time to say goodbye which isn't necessarily a bad thing i mean yeah i guess um uh, there are options out there for cat like she did not look good against megan anderson but megan anderson's like an abnormally large human being for or at least an abnormally large woman in mma at six foot um, so if she wants to do featherweight, 
there's Bellator. If she wants to do lightweight, there's PFL. If she wants to do freak show fights, Ryzen, Kat Zagano, right. Gabby Garcia. Get on. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. Like, she, there's, there's. And there's always Invicta. If, yeah. I mean, they don't pay but, well, but shit. It's, it's, it's a date. Yeah, it, it's something. She'll she'll have other options, <clears throat> um, other options out there. That's that's why kind of like now, when fighters get released from the UFC, I mean, it always sucks reading the headline, but I'm I'm confident that a lot of these guys and and women can can land on their feet somewhere. Right. That there's still there's still a market out for you there somewhere. There's a car somewhere that wants to showcase uh, women's MMA, and they they are gonna need you on a car. Yeah. So you'll 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 hopefully find your way. Uh, I got one more bit of news or two, I guess. One's funny and the other is just business. So, <laughs> so which one would you like first? I'll do, we'll do the business. We'll end on. The All money. right. So for those who don't know, we have another gigantic media consolidation uh, venture going on. Whoopee. I was gonna make a joke about we could see um, the guy from Bar Rescue on a CBS show, but I, I, I for the love of me, couldn't name a CBS show if you put a gun to my head. Um, <laughs> CBS and Viacom are merging to become Viacom CBS. That's a trash. It, it very much is. Um, <laughs> the 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 rumor, or at least the thought, being that. Bellator will move from uh, Paramount, the Paramount Network, to um, to what you call it, to CBS and CBS Sports. I don't know if there's any truth to that. I could see them just going whole hog on like, okay, we're gonna do CBS, and then we're gonna go back to like Viacom for like all our shitty cards, or not Viacom. I'm sorry, um, we're gonna go back to the Zone for like all the shitty, like U UFC Fight Night, um. Shenzhen equivalent cards, you know what I mean? Hmm. Um, I, I got, uh, but that's all speculation. There's been no word about Bellator's future, um, but th th it's something to keep an eye out, uh, uh, an eye on. Um, so th there's that uh, potentially big news, but maybe not. Who knows? Um, and on the last bit of news. Boxing champion charged after unlicensed cougar escapes from South Florida home. Uh. So, it's really funny that Tyrone Spawn is now being called a <laughs> boxing champion. <laughs> but, um... <sighs> my guy. What the fuck? Yeah, what you, right? <laughs> You've been in Florida way too long, bro. <laughs> it's time to move. Like, this dude lives in Miami. <laughs> and you just got you just got a cougar in the crib, just, just, just chilling. Yeah, like, I, 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 I'm kind of lost for words. Yeah, like it's 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 not really a lot to say, like. I saw this headline and I was like, Tyron Spong. I remember all the KOs and how I thought you were gonna come to MMA and it was, we were all gonna have a good time and then you kind of just disappeared and you did the boxing thing and now you got cougars ro rolling in the backyard. 
and not cougars like uh you know the the the, the animal like the the actual you know <laughs> whoa 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 Mr. Spong kept an extremely dangerous Class 1 cougar, which ultimately escaped and was loose in a residential neighborhood during daylight hours while school was not in session during New Year's Day 2019, resulting in threats to public safety. So this was like eight months ago. A New Year, so he was really celebrating. Holy shit, they published his address. <laughs> he was really celebrating. He had the cougar out on New Year's. Oh, you know he was going there. Does anybody want to know where Tyrone Spong lives? <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, that's one of those headlines that when you see, it's like, bro, what are you? I do. He... And he's facing some good. He's facing some like some time time for that. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, I feel like it was a, it was a decent amount of. All right, so he's facing like I forget how many charges. It was a lot. Well, maybe the time wasn't a lot. Maybe it was just a lot of charges. I can't remember. It was one of the two. Um, it says each charge carries a maximum penalty of $500, uh, $500 fee and up to 60 days in jail. I doubt he gets that. Um, oh, yes. All right. So, yeah. Dude, like, I'm looking at his street right now. It is hella nice. <laughs> you got him on the Google oh, satellite. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I don't fucking... Hold up, the article, the article just has his address? Oh, it has the street. It doesn't have the number of his house, but I'm looking at all the houses in, on the street, and it's just they're all fucking really nice. That, that boxing money treating them good. I mean, dude, I mean, dude made money in uh, K1. I mean, it's, not, it's not like he was broke. And Yeah, for you guys who don't know, if you don't know who Tyrone Spong is, like, obviously this, this article is just shenanigans, but... Uh, if you've never watched the Tyrone Spong fight, especially any of his kickboxing fights and some of his MMA fights, uh, but especially his kickboxing, go go watch Tyrone Spong fight. That man. I was, mean, uh, I feel like if you're watching, if you're listening to this podcast, you know who Tyrone Spong is. Yeah, you yeah you should you should know who Tyrone Spong is. But in, in in the case you don't, maybe you don't follow kickboxing like that. Go uh, even the thing is you probably know who he is and you don't even know because he's one of those guys who like every now and then I'll just see. I can't remember the the guy he fought and um. The, the dude, he took his soul and glory. Uh, I cannot remember that guy's Nathan name. Nathan Corbett? Might have been him. But, like, that that's a video that every now and again, it just randomly will, like, pop up on my Facebook. Like, it'll just randomly go for, right. for like, a day. So, you've probably seen Tyrone Spong. You don't I mean, know. for those, uh, he, he, um, you guys might remember him from his fight with Alistair Overeem back at K1 World Grand Prix 2010. Uh, I think they fought in the quarterfinals. Um, <clears throat> dudes fought like a who's who of guys in kickboxing: Sal Cavallari, uh, Nathan Corbett, Daniel Alunga, uh, Gokan Saki, Philippe Verlinden, um, Remy Bojanski, Peter Ayers. Um, he fought Melvin Manhoof and Ray Sefo. So, like, yeah, he's, he's been like out. It, he if out. you have, if you don't know who he is, you know who he's fought because you yeah. or you know the guys he's fought because. Like the, it's, it's a very prestigious list. Um, yeah. Now he's got cougars in the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> just, just out, just out here roaming the streets. Yep. Oh boy. Well, we'll we'll see what happens with Mr. Spong. All right, we're we're gonna finish with uh Connor before we get to these uh these fights. 
All right, man, Mr. Uh, Mr. McGregor, um, he extends his fighting streak outside of an octagon. He had to get a win somewhere. Because it's yeah. sure I, I don't know if I want to call this a win. He ain't even knocked the man. I mean, out. but this dude was like, if we're if we're scoring the fight, then yeah, he won. Yeah. He won. He had a uh, he had bar control, aggression, uh, uh, strikes landed. Um, detrimental amount of aggression. Yeah, yeah. So for those who don't know, but I'm pretty sure you do. But in case you don't, uh, I don't remember when this happened. A couple days ago, I'm, I'm gonna assume. Uh, Mr. McGregor was at a, uh, I guess like a little local pub over there in Ireland, chilling, hanging out, whatever, whatever. Uh, this, this is a story I read, I'm, so I'm just gonna take this at face value. And I don't have the article in front of me, but I, I remember the story. Because when I saw the video, this is exactly what I imagined happened. So I was kind of, thought it was funny that it lined up with what I thought, but. So Mr. McGregor's at that little pub in, in Ireland, whatever, chilling. Bunch of gentlemen are at the bar, everybody's drinking, you know, relaxing, kicking back, having a good time. Mr. McGregor walks up. You guys know he has his little proper 12 whiskey. He decides I'm going to buy, buy some uh, some proper 12 whiskey for everybody at the, who's sitting like up front at the bar. Want all y'all to have around. Some people drink. One old man's like, nah, I'm good. I got my own uh, little drink over here. I don't need yours. Um, Mr. McGregor takes offense to this. Video doesn't have any audio, so I don't know what words were actually said. I feel like the old man was not paying him any attention. Like, <laughs> I mean, dude's day drinking. Like, <laughs> like leave the man alone. He, he's obviously yeah, going like, through it right now. Right, yeah. Like, he he's not even really, like... He, I don't think he cared that it was Conor McGregor. He probably didn't even know that was McGregor. I don't think he cared. That man was going through it. He just wanted to have the whiskey he had. He was not... He, he didn't care about what Conor was trying to do. He goes about, he don't want, he don't want the proper 12. He goes back to drinking his whiskey. Connor feels some kind of way. Words are exchanged. The old man, like, wasn't even really looking at Connor. Like, he was still, I think, just kind of facing the bar. Connor lashes out, throws a punch, hits the dude on, like, the side of the head. And then, well, I think he got, like, restrained, whatever, whatever. You know, situation's kind of over after that. Um... First thing I thought of was, boy, Connor, that left hand used to be dangerous, and that gentleman you punched was, I'm going to guess he's about 60, 65. You punched him while he wasn't even looking, and you didn't knock him out. So uh, the left hand loses its thing. It's not what it used to be. You can't knock out an old man who's not even looking in your direction. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little disappointed. <laughs> like... <laughs> I was like, man, boy, your left hand is falling off, man. Getting a little rusty out there. So. Well, Habib did a, did, did a number yeah, on you. So this actually happened back in April. Uh, I want to say April 5th or 6th. Um, <clears throat> so. This is literally less than a month after McGregor was um, arrested outside of his hotel in Miami. For stealing that man's phone and smashing it on the ground, and literally only a couple of days before this, like he was still in the middle of that case. Um, it was like a couple of days before it got dismissed. Um, so uh, uh, in civil court, anyway. Um, so yeah, I want to say there's also a couple of days after um, 
the story came out uh, about the the the, inc- the um the what you call it the the sexual assault incident reported in the New York Times. Or e- either either like way, this, this man is spiraling. Yeah, he has been wilding out, and, and... nobody can stop him uh-uh. because the UFC doesn't care. The people around him. Pretty, pretty really much, it's not really that they don't care, it's that they enable him. Like, Charlie Ward and the other goons at the SBG Ireland gym, who basically just act like his hired muscle, and just start shit like they did at um, the, uh, the Khabib Iaquinta card back in, like, 2018. So, my question is, we know what he did in March, we know what he did in April, what did he do in May and June, in July, I guess, that we're going to find out about, like, three months from now? Yeah, this is, um, to all my younger people listening, maybe Connor fans, this might be, like, a little life lesson. Like, th- these are the times in life when you need, like, a real friend, if you're Connor, to really, like, pull you to the side and be like, bro, what are you... You're bugging out. Like, <laughs> you are you are out here. You're losing it. Like, you are really out here just... This is not a good look. Why are you fighting 65-year-old men uh, at a bar? For whatever reason. Like, just... There's no way to spin this to make it look good. Like, you just, you should not be in these kind of situations. Like, fight, fighting an old guy on camera will never make you look good. <laughs> It'll just, it's never going to be a good look. You, you can't be out here just slugging, slugging people with grand. I just like to point out, this isn't the first old man that Connor has hit. <laughs> it's just that this time it wasn't, uh, like, a, a freaking Irish mob mobster. He is, God. Uh, normally, when I see Connor headlines, I just kind of keep scrolling, and I even kind of deal with this one because at at this point, I've kind of been hit hit that point with Connor where it's like if it's not like an actual fight announcement, then I'm just like I don't really care to hear about him. I don't really care to hear about him. I, I really don't care to talk about him. Like <laughs> it's just, yeah, yeah. Boy, that that Habib beating must have been uh, that must have been something. That must have been something. That right hand Habib landed must have did a lot more damage than we know. Yeah, I mean, dude, like, um, I yeah, I, I don't know. Like, this is not gonna end well. This is not. Never does. Um. And mind you, we live in a like, we live in the era of like there is no consequences for anything you do if you're a UFC fighter. Um, I mean, like Des Green fought three times after he killed two people um, with 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 his reckless driving. Um, so like, 
There are no repercussions. And without repercussions. No no reason to change the behavior. Yeah, like like the, the apparently the police have seen this video of Connor striking this old man. They just refused, like nothing happened, like no charges were drawn brought up, no investigation, no, it was just like whatever. Probably the old man didn't even feel it. <laughs> he didn't even re- he didn't even react he's, to it. Like his drunk. He's like, you can't knock me out any more than I'm already knocked out. Like, that. right? Life, life already gave me the, the haymaker. This is this is yeah. light. <laughs> but yeah, Con- Connor's just out here, just kind of bugging. So I told my friend about this incident. I guess he heard about it the grapevine. He was like, yeah, no, I've like heard about his proper twelve whiskey, and he like he he read me a review. Um, from like a, like because he's he's a big drinker. That's that sounded wrong, but you know what I mean. He's an alcohol enthusiast. Yeah. He, he likes to try different like I don't even know what they call brews. Um, I'll drink, so I don't know what alcohol is called. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Yeah, but so like, and I guess he went to the site. I've been I was trying to find it afterwards. Or before we hopped on today, because I knew we were going to talk about this. Um, and it was a scathing review of his alcohol, of Proper 12. It was a scathing that, oh, it tastes like garbage, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, it's generic as shit. Like, and it, it, was, really, it was really just mostly bitter that, like, why do I have to review this bottom of the barrel, mediocre, uh, mediocre garbage? And it was really spiteful, and I loved it. And I've heard nothing but like, basically, this is like proper number twelve is just to get you drunk. And at that point, like, there's so many other uh, whiskeys out there that can probably do the job better. Yeah, that probably tastes much. Uh much better drink crown i like crown i don't drink a lot but when i do drink it's pretty much all i drink i i, I don't really know what else to say about connor i, I don't even want to dabble in like his future and i, I just could we talk about, i mean we have to because freaking according to dana connor's future has a lot to do with what happens in the next couple months at lightweight or not lightweight i'm sorry what had to do with um pettis and diaz which we saw and um Khabib and uh, Poirier. So. He's not beating any of them. He really isn't. He's not. <laughs> Flip flop, whatever matchup, he's not beating any. Nah, it's not about. They don't care about him winning. They care about getting him in the cage, man. That's all that matters. Which I get. Yeah. Yeah. I know. You gotta. You gotta move the needle. You gotta. You gotta get that. Gotta get that money. I. I, I get it. He's not beating none of them. He ain't beating none of them. Khabib rematch. He's gonna get ragdolled it again. We're going to talk about Nate. We didn't see what Nate... <laughs> we saw Nate off a three-year layoff. And now we know what that looks like. I don't think he's beating that. And at this point, maybe a couple years ago, I'd have picked him over Poirier. Now, no. Nah, he ain't beating Poirier either. It's, it, it ain't looking good, man. Not looking good. I, I want to see him get it all back together. I'm not, like, a, a big McGregor fan. But there are a lot of fun fights out for him. If he could, like, just kind of... Do the John Jones route and just stay out of trouble. Like there are a lot of fun fights for him at at, at lightweight. 
And one seventy apparently, like yeah, either, either or. We're, we're past championship McGregor. Like the, he might get another title shot, but it won't be because he earned it. No, because he come back, he won one fight, and then they're just like, oh, champion, right? You know, title shot. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I hope dude can turn it around. But to be honest, at this point, like lightweight is so good that. If he doesn't come back, I'm not going to say good riddance, but we'll be fine without you. Like, if you want to go out and slap referees and punch 65-year-old men, if that's what you want to do with the rest of your uh, your time, hey, man, have I'm, at it. Like, yeah, dude, you're, he, he's on the wrong side of 30. Yeah. There's a dude who was talking about how he was so far ahead of where uh, Floyd Mayweather was at his age, but... You know, Floyd Mayweather was still fighting two, three times a year. Yeah. It's like all that hype and just accolades is slowly just... I mean, he's he's always going to have his defenders, and boy, does he have... Oh, the, the, yes, the troopers. Yeah, y'all are wild. Y'all are wild. Y'all got to chill out. <laughs> all of y'all need to calm Like, down. I get that y'all live vicariously through him, but, like, can, can y'all just calm the fuck down just for a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, just, just, yeah, you got, you got to cut it out. Like we, you got to cut it yeah, out. Like we don't, I, I don't really care what the old man said to Connor to make him punch him in the face. He still probably shouldn't do that. The old yeah. man drinking a bar at, like, freaking 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Life's been pretty hard to that man. Yeah. You didn't even knock him out. You didn't even make the video yeah. worth it. That old man would have fell off the stool. I'm like, ooh, that was a nasty... Nah, you hit the side of his head. He just kind of like, eh, I'll go back to my drink. <laughs> like, he, he didn't care. Yeah, I don't know. Connor gonna Connor. Life goes and on. We say that, and then like eventually, it just gets the it gets somewhere dark. You hope it doesn't get to but that. But you point, know it will. But if it, yeah, you yeah. know it will. If it does, if if it does, we'll we'll. We'll revisit. We'll say I told you so like 20 times and Dana White will shrug and just chalk it up to fighter's mentality. Right. Still put him in the title yeah. shot. <laughs> All right, dude, they would, he would put, he would ask Nevada to push back whatever sentence Conor McGregor got. Dude, it's like a triple homicide. He's like, yo, I know how serious it is. But, like, have you thought of all the money? Yeah. <laughs> right. Just like Floyd. Oh, boy. You know what? We, we can move yeah, on. I, I'm done. Fuck it. Yeah. Connor. Connor, Connor gonna Connor. Life goes on. Shout out to that old man. I hope your life is okay. Dan Kelly 2.0. That would suck if that was Dan Kelly. He hit. That'd be awesome. Dan Kelly is just like <laughs> <laughs> Australian Dan Kelly's just like in a bar in Ireland, or I guess a pub in Ireland. Hey, just Dan Kelly would have ate. He would. He would. He would have ate that. Oh man! Shout out to Dan Kelly. <laughs> but yeah, so that's it for uh, fight announcements and news and all that good stuff. So. Let's get on to some fisticuffs. There were a lot of them. 
I spent all day, and I'm not I'm not exaggerating. I've been watching fights since like 7:30 this morning. We are now recording. Uh, I was watching fights from 7:30 probably until like 5 p.m. I, I took a, a little break because I had to go to the barbershop. But I've been watching fights all day. Um, there were a lot of fisticuffs going on this weekend. We had one. We had Ryzen. We had UFC. I think it was a boxing fight. I didn't see it, but that was a thing. Um, but I'm going to start off with one championship, Dreams of Gold. I got a chance to watch a little bit of this. I didn't get a chance to see the entire card. But I uh, got a ca chance to catch some of it this morning. So I'll just uh, read off some of the fights that I saw. So this fight was actually headlined by a kickboxing bout for the 135-pound uh, title. Uh, headlined by, uh, I'm going to mess this up, Elias Inichi versus Petchdom. They don't list the rest of his name. Well, I think it's because of his gym. But um, either way, um, Elias Inichi put some paws <laughs> on uh, Petchdom just... He was just so much more active, so much more output. Um, he was throwing some nasty combinations, really doing a good job of just mixing it up. Just really powerful, just hooks, and uppercuts. Um, yeah, he just he just kind of, he, he really put it on, especially in like the, the second and third, man. He really just kind of kicked it up a gear. And boy, Peshtown was just kind of out there getting rocked. Um, and he dropped him, I want to say, in the third round. Um... And he finished him. Um, and I think he was actually the challenger. So he is now the new uh, 135 kickboxing champ at one championship. Really just dominant performance. So shout outs to Elias Inachai. Uh, I, I think I pronounced this like three different ways. <laughs> but shout outs to him. Uh, also on the card at the co-main event, also a kickboxing uh, fight, uh, Giorgio Petrosian versus Joe Natterwood. Um Boy, this fight did not last very long. Uh, these two fought, I want to say, last year, and they went all three rounds. Uh, this time, it went one round. <laughs> um, poor Natterwood caught a straight left uh, down the pipe, and he just looked up at the ceiling, like, what happened? Um that was kind of it. Um, and I think Giorgio's fight was a part of a tournament. And I want to say that he'll be moving on to the finals to face Sammy Santa, whose fight I did not get a chance to see. But Sammy Santa won his fight uh, via majority decision against Desbar Askarov. Um, the only other fight that I saw on this card was uh, Nong Stomp Fairtex versus Asher Roca. Uh, Stamp Fairtex landed some really, uh, abusive ground and pound from what I remember. I only watched most of these fights once, so my memory's a little hazy, but I just remember her, um, obviously she's, uh, you know, known for her striking, known for her Muay Thai, but boy, when she got, uh, Roko on the ground, there was a lot of, uh, there was some violent ground and pound going on. She really kind of put it on her. Um, and in round three, she ended up getting a rear naked choke. I saw a lot of people that were just really hype about that fight, and I was mad that I missed it in real time. But uh, Stan Fairtex out here make uh, out here handling business, so she got Asher Roca out of here. Uh, so Stan Fairtex won via rear naked choke in round three. Um, those were the only fights that I actually saw. Other fights that were on the card: Alex Silva 
uh, defeated Stefan Rahardian via armbar submission. Uh, <laughs> I didn't see this fight, but it makes me sad because I heard it was pretty bad. Uh, my man Thon Lee from uh, LFA, he knocked out Kotetsu Boku. I think Boku's Boku's old, man. I don't know how old, but he's pretty he's old. He's in his 40s. Yeah, yeah, like, why is Thon Lee, <laughs> why is Thon Lee fighting Kotetsu Boku? So I can knock him out? Yeah. yeah, well, that's what he did. That was, he, he got that accomplished. He knocked him out in the first round. I didn't see it. Yep. And to be honest, I kind of don't want to see it. I saw the highlight in the fight. It was not pretty. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, that's just... I like I like Boku. He was actually one of the first guys I became a fan of when I first like started watching one like way back when. But now it's like, come on, man. This man... That, that that's just one of those fights. It's like we we didn't really need that. We we didn't need that to happen. But um, those are actually all of the fights I saw on the card. I didn't see a whole lot, so I can't spend a lot on it. But uh, it was a mix of MMA and Muay Thai, as always, what one does. So I would say though, go back and watch the card. Um, between uh, one championship Facebook, not Facebook, uh, YouTube page and the Bleacher Report live page, um, they do post the fights pretty quick. So actually, if you want to see the Elias. Uh, energy fight. Um, I think that is on the Bleacher Live report, and I think the Stamp Fair Tech fight is on there also. If not, it'll it might be on the One Championship YouTube page. But either way, they're pretty quick about getting the fights up. So um, if you want to go see it, go check it out. Definitely watch the uh, Elias Energy fight. He some combinations were nasty, and you can watch uh, Petrosian lay out Joe Natterwood and go watch Stamp Fair Tech's uh, brutalize a poor lady. <laughs> So that was one championship. Dreams of gold. How to move on? Oh God, it's causing me emotional. <laughs> Moving on. Rising eighteen. This went down in probably gonna say this wrong. Nagoya, Japan. Um, headlined by Kyoji Horiguchi. And Kai Asakura uh, was pretty hyped for this card, even though I, I know I never really get to watch one card in real time because I always go to sleep. Um, so, coming off of the UFC event last night, I was on a high. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll get to UFC 241 after this, but like coming off of that card, that was the most fun I've had watching fights I felt like in a while. Like, I, I just had so much fun watching that card. I was riding such a high. And go to sleep, I'm feeling good, I wake up in the morning, like, right, let me, I wake up at like 7.30, like, let me, uh, hop on Twitter, let me, let me see what's going on with Ryzen, so I hop on, I see, uh, I see, I see Manel Cape out here, he knocking out Takeda Mizugaki, we'll get to that, I see, um, I saw Yaka Hamasaki out here handling business, um, I saw Lisa Zapatella, she lost her fight, I didn't get a chance to watch it, it's a little disappointing, it was a good scrap, yeah, I gotta, I gotta go back and watch that, yeah. But, and, and, uh, Kana Asakura is cool, so I'm, I wasn't too mad. Um, I was like, oh, Zapatella lost, that sucks, but, you know, hopefully it was a good fight. And I'm like, where's Horiguchi? Why is nobody talking about Horiguchi? Then I find oh, out why was... nobody was, <laughs> was talking about Horiguchi. Because it was not a, it was not a time to be celebrated. Uh, the MMA gods giveth and taketh. They take a lot sometimes. Like, we were over here in the U.S. 
UFC having a, having a blast. Meanwhile, the MMA guys went over to Japan and they were handing out some harsh punishments. Um, and uh, there was a victim uh, that night or that morning, whenever. Uh, Mr. Koji Horiguchi uh, fought Kai Asakura in the headliner. And thank God his belt was not on the line because boy, oh boy, did he get starched. Um, man. <laughs> I don't even really know I don't even really know what to say like the fight starts you know Horiguchi a lot of bouncing in and out faints all, all that good stuff I think he, he leaps in for a punch he kind of like I think, I think he caught Osakura maybe once um, not, not anything really too crazy got landed within like that first 30 seconds and then the first punch that really does land, like, Horiguchi, I, I want to say, I, I feel like Asakura timed him really well, because I think Horiguchi was about to explode and leap in, and like, before he got the chance, Asakura just blasted him with a straight, and um, I've never seen Horiguchi do a stanky leg, not from my memory. Yeah, I can't remember him ever being hurt. Uh, wait, wait, wait. No, yeah. no, no. Um, I think he's been hurt, but I don't remember him. He's never been like... Like, yeah, no, I know what you mean, but I'm thinking the Shintaro Ishiwatari uh, fight. Yeah, he, he's been... I think he's been hurt before. But it's never. I don't remember ever looking like this. Like, when he got hit with this, I've never seen him go full-blown stanky leg mode. Like... He got caught with that straight. His legs, <laughs> his legs were trying to go one way. His body was trying to go another. He falls, or like kind of slips, gets back up. Asakura just bum rushes him. And as much as it pains me to say this, um, I like that in Asakura's flurries, uh, he was mixing it up with the knee. Because um, like he, he bum-rushed Horiguchi, he, he threw a lot of bombs, and then he landed a really nice knee against the ropes. And then somehow they went from one rope to the other side. Asakura follows him over there, swarms him, lands another knee, and then he catches Horiguchi with his right hand, drops him. And then, like, I don't remember if Horiguchi was trying to get back up, but he catches him with another one. <clears throat> and, like... It was one of those punches where you was like, "Oh no, yeah, like, it's it's really over." Like no debate, no, oh he was gonna get back up. Like no, that last right hand that landed, like he was done, like done, done. Um, and Asakura pulls off <laughs> probably one of the biggest upsets this year. Mm -hmm. Um. You hate to see it. <laughs> this was not the highlight. And I don't want to hate on Asakura because, boy, is that a huge, a huge win. And it, it, it would be wild. You know, we outside of, it, this, this could be a rivalry. Maybe, maybe we could get a trilogy out of this or something. So that this could be something big down the line. But, boy, just when I saw that replay this morning, I was not ready. I was not ready. Mm. All my faves lost, man. I'm very upset. Um, 
Gooch. Yeah, uh, it looked like he got, like, he get, <clears throat> as he was coming in for to throw that overhand right, um, it looked like he gave away what punch he was going to throw. Like, he, he, he did the stutter step, but he didn't, like, um, Asakura didn't bite on it. Instead, just planted his feet and threw. Uh, moved his head off the center line. Koroguchi didn't. Takes that clean right hand to the right side of his head. Um, go from there. Um, like, I, I, I don't think this is, like, this isn't like the DJ loss where, like, Horiguchi had success and then just ultimately it didn't matter. Um, Asakura, like you say, he timed it really well. Um, and was able to come out with the victory. I don't think this is the most damaging loss ever. Like, like how many times has Hoguchi fought in the last since getting cut from USC or not or refusing to resign? Like, been a hot. Uh, let's see. So, like four, five, no, twenty seventeen. So he's fought one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven times. Since Jeez, 2017. I, One of them being the Tenshin Nasakawa um, kickboxing match. Mind you, he fought two months ago in a grueling 25-minute fight. And this is his fifth fight. Well, like sixth fight in 13 months. Like going back to July of... Uh, 2018. And if you want to even go back further, it's his seventh fight since um, May of 2018. Like, dude has been in the gym and been keeping busy. So, uh, maybe maybe this is just this uh, um, a result of just like too much work. You know what I mean? But yeah, man, the man is probably have a uh, needs a well deserved uh... short break. What is their break? A little, little short, little short break. Wait, wait, we'll take the take a couple months off, and we'll see you on New Year's Eve or something. But um, I, I'm not trying to take away from Kai Sakura. Um, like that, you know, hats off, huge win, probably upside of the year. Uh, I can't, I can't, yeah. I can't think of one bigger off the top of my head. Oh, was Nasty Yukin this year? Yeah, maybe that. But see, I didn't, I didn't consider that an upset. That, that's hard because freaking Eddie Alvarez gets hurt by literally everybody he fights. Yeah, I didn't consider that. That was one I I didn't wasn't sure if it was gonna happen, but I knew like it's a chance it could. Right. So, like again, no, I'm 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 not like, like this is a thing where like oh, I'm I'm sure Asakura would win a rematch or like we didn't even get to see a fight play out. It was a it was a minute and eight seconds long. It was really over after like forty five seconds when Asakura landed that that right hand. Um, yeah, this is probably the Horiguchi stand in me, rationalizing everything. But um, but like I said, big big humongous win for Asakura. Um, like Horiguchi is probably Ryzen's biggest star, at least male star. Um, like. Uh, I, I, probably tension between the two, between the two, but um, 
Definitely the biggest MMA star, so. Rob, uh, hats off. I mean, if nothing else, it's a storyline yep. now. Like, whenever Horiguchi comes back and defends that belt, we got some hype. I mean, I mean like, yeah, that was, like, that was everybody's, like, big complaint about, excuse me, like, Gucci, like, Horiguchi, um, like, who's he gonna fight? Well, just goes to show you, there are more people out there. Yep. Somebody's always looking to, to be next man up, make a name for themselves, so. Yeah, exactly, um. Did you catch, uh, how many uh, fights off this card did you catch? Um, I, I watched all of them. Okay. Um. Now, my memory, uh, that'll that's... be uh, in, in question. All right. <laughs> but, but, um, moving on down to the co-main event, uh, Ayaka Hamasaki, oh boy, am I going to butcher this, uh, versus Suwon uh, Boonsong. Or as they were calling her, Amp the Rocket. Which is that was really confusing yeah. me. <laughs> That's literally put they what they put in a little corner graphic. I was like, "Who is Amp the Rocket? Like, what's this? What is that? Is she a wrestler? I have no, no idea. No, she she she's uh, um, where is she from? She's from the Thailand. I I, I she fights out like the the gym that gives up that where a lot of the um Full Metal Dojo fighters come from. So, that's the the Thailand um, MMA promotion. So, uh, well, this is a fun, uh, a fun quick because it only lasted. Uh, I mean, it didn't even go outside the first round. Um, that's all. Like pretty yeah, much all. She, she did. She did some work. Yeah, on the ground. Yeah, it was. This was a fun. If you if you like ground exchanges and submission attempts, this is this fight you need to watch. Cause uh, who I think Hamasaki went for an arm lock. Um, uh, <laughs> just call her Amp the Rocket. <laughs> Amp the Rocket. I think at one point took her mm-hmm. back. Um, some tried to get in a rear naked choke. Um, yeah, they just had they had a lot of just good just ground scrambles, just like back and forth, back and forth. Um, that arm bar though. I forgot that she. I think Hamasaki had mount right. Um, I, I can't remember if I'm confusing this with another fight because <laughs> I feel like I saw like two arm bars. No, she she didn't have mount. She um, God, I was say she had the back and was able to go around for the arm bar. But I saw this fight like at seven o'clock in the morning, so Lord knows. But now, uh, yeah, she um, once she got the arm bar and it was it was uh, it was a wrap. Uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty much it. But it was it was a fun just back and forth just. We're gonna toss the round on the ground, and I'm one of us gonna get a submission, and that's pretty much what that fight was. And anybody who can hold their own on the ground against Hamasaki, you know. Yeah, like she, uh, we should mention like Amp, really small. Mind you, this is a fight at 108 pounds, so like Hamasaki herself is listed at five one. There's no way Amp is five feet tall. Yeah, she <laughs> has to be like four ten. Yeah, they yeah they 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 added extra, extra two points to the stats. But um, uh, some like you uh you remember Luma Lukpumbe, the uh the Thai girl who fights for Invicta. Yeah. Um, so Amp got this fight because she beat Luma, um, in a MMA fight um last year. Mm. 
uh, submitted her for, by armbar in Full Metal Dojo. So, just a, I wouldn't mind seeing her fight again, though. Like, it was a, it was a good performance. Right. Obviously, you don't want to end getting armbarred, but I liked it. I, I enjoyed it. So, shout out to Aka Hamasaki. One via armbar. Uh, moving on down, <laughs> Victor Henry versus Trent Gurdum. Um, there were four nut shots in this fight. Yeah, I didn't get to see and this one. Th- oh, oh, you you oh, you missed a good one. They were four nut shots. They were tied two to two. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, that that aside, this is actually a really good fight. Um. This was a really fun back. This fight had a little bit of everything. Um, dudes throwing hands, um, takedowns, submission attempts. There was there was actually a lot. Um, there was a lot going on in this fight, and it was it was really like back and forth the entire time. Um, Victor Henry, I think, it was the older of the two. He had Trent by like twelve years, I think, because Victor was like thirty something, and Trent was a really he's, Trent was a really young dude. I think he's like twenty two years old. Um, but no, nah, this, this was a really fun bantamweight fight. Like two dudes just kind of really going back and forth, really going for it. Strikes, takedowns, um, submission attempts. There was a lot going on, and you know, four nut shots <laughs> for what that's worth. Um, and actually, the the finish from uh, excuse me, Victor Henry was really good. He um he caught Trent uh, with this uh, inverted triangle, and it was crazy because he has the triangle in. Um, from, I can't really, I'm not good at describing, like, these positions. Um, it's inverted, so, like, he's, try to envision what I'm saying, this probably doesn't make sense. So, he's on Trent's back, I guess you would say. <laughs> he has, he has the triangle wrapped around his neck, but, like, he's not, he's not on his back, he's on Trent's back. I, no, I no, I, get what, I think I agree. You, yeah, you I get, get it. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so he has it like that, and he had it in for a couple of seconds. But I guess his positioning wasn't, like, all the way correct. And you could hear his coach yelling from the sideline. He's like, yo, grab his arm. He's like, he kept yelling, like, grab his arm, grab his arm. So he grabbed uh, Trent's arm, and he just kind of, like, pulled it forward a little bit. And I guess that gave him the extra whatever he needed to, like, fully sink it in. And he, he got it in. But, um, no, nah, that was a really fun, fun Bantamweight scrap. Mm-hmm. Um Definitely, that's that's definitely worth a rewatch. It, it was a pretty pretty fun fight for two guys who I'd never heard of or wasn't familiar with. Um, it, it was a pretty enjoyable fight. So congrats to Victor Henry. He won uh, via inverted triangle choke in round three. Uh, moving on down, staying at bantamweight, Manel Cape versus Takeya Mizugaki. Sad. Yeah, I remember the camera just panning on to uh, Mizugaki's face, and like, boy, he does look a little old. A little. <laughs> like he looks the same but he just looks older like you know like when you're making like a video game create a character right. and you, you move the age bar <laughs> you move the age bar up like that's what the Mizugaki's face looked like he looked exactly the same as he always but just his age bar went up but um yeah like you said kind of kind of sad um I thought Mizugaki had a decent first round. Um, landed landed a few, few decent shots. 
throw like a little one-two and then try to duck out the way. Um, yeah, he had a little something going in the first. And second round, you know, things change. Um, I don't remember a lot of this fight in ton of specific detail, but boy was that finish beautiful. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, it wasn't beautiful for Mizugaki, but he landed a, it was an uppercut, right? I want, I believe so. Yeah, he landed a uppercut, and then he kind of steps over to Mizugaki and like angles off to the side and catches him with a right and just... Floor. Same hand too. Switch his stance. Yeah. As he cut like cuts an angle behind him and then as Misagaki goes turns to follow him, hits him a right hand, and it's over. Yeah. And yeah. Instant uh in- insta kill. <laughs> it's just Yeah. Then he then he uh drops thirty F bombs in his uh post fight. Uh I don't know if anybody in the crowd understood him, but he went off I don't remember everything he said, but um, yeah, Mizugaki died. So. Rest in peace. Kinda, yeah, rest in peace. Um, and the last fight of the main card, uh, Danilo Zanellini versus John Wayne Parr. Um, John Wayne Parr has retired 16 different times. <laughs> John Wayne Parr is going to fight until like his leg just can't really lift up anymore. Um, it was a pretty fun fight, though. Well, that's good. I didn't get. I didn't watch it because I, I want. I don't need to see John Wayne Parr fight anymore. I mean, luckily, like he didn't get. Th- there wasn't any point in the fight where he got like blasted. Like it was actually a pretty competitive fight. Um, it went to a split decision, but I, I thought Danilo actually. I don't say won. I thought he won pretty clearly, but it wasn't like John Wayne got like obliterated. But um. No, the, the, it was it was a pretty pretty good fight. Wayne Paul was landing some pretty like decent, like one two combination and go down with the leg kick, but um I think just Danilo got a bit more busy in that second and third. He started throwing out the spinning spinning kicks. Um, he had this little, I don't know, crescent kick or axe kick. He had this crazy kick that he kept. I ain't gonna say kept trying to land because he landed it a couple times. That he kept catching um John Wayne Parr with. Um. It was real, real, real creative. Um, but it, it was a fun, it was a fun competitive kickboxing match. But I, I thought Danilo won pretty handily. Um, but he ended up getting a split decision win. Uh, that was the main card. Um, did you see any of the prelims? Did you see the Asakura Zapatella yes. fight? Um, Zapatella, like with Zapatella, I don't know what she's trying to accomplish. It's really weird because you think she would do, she would have like the Carlos Esparza like take down into dirty boxing style of fighting that like you know that as far as is really good at and she does it in spurts like there were parts of this fight where she would um dive in on the leg and then use that to get off like a, a series of hooks on the inside and it was like really clean but for the most part she is really content to just sit on the outside and try to like box from the outside with her opponent the problem is she's 411 <laughs> like and yeah I get it she fights at 105 108 pounds it's full of you know small women she's still 411 like but uh, Kana uh, Asakura is like what 5 
354. It made her look small out there from range. Like, I, and she, like Kata isn't, like, the greatest striker, but, like, she throws that left hand really accurately down and, like, straight down the pipe. And that was enough to beat um, Zapatella a bunch. Um, it, it was a close fight. Like, like I said, when Zapatella did get on the inside and she did let go for combination, she was really good. But she even managed to get to... um. Asakura down a couple times and like get to her back though she was able to hold position but like it's really weird watching her fight on the outside like she does like she's really trying to be an outboxer and it's she's just now built for it yeah I said with her frame and her skill set she is she is built to be like a pressure she's yeah she needs needs to... to be on the inside making the fight dirty pushing her opponent back so they can't use their reach against her but like She's just kind of cool, staying on like staying on the outside and trying to kickbox, and it's how she lost her fight with what's her face. Um, God, the girl she just fought in Invicta. Yeah, I forgot. I know what you're talking about. Uh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm, I'm look it up because it makes me upset. Um, Vivian Pereira, Pereira, like Pereira is not tall either, but she's an effective like range striker. Like even going back to her like extreme, I might be no. I'm thinking of uh, yeah, extreme FC international days. Like she won a lot of those fights behind the jab, and like Zapatella does not even have a jab. So like, how is she supposed to keep people on the outside? It's really weird. Yeah, and the thing is, like, she can be really aggressive when she does decide to get inside. So it's like, yeah, you kind of, you kind of keep need to just keep doing that. <laughs> just, just get on the inside and just kind of punish people. Yeah. Um. Uh, maybe this is just her going through like her growing phases, where like she she has to learn to come forward. Um. Like she she's getting comfortable striking. Like she's still really young. She's like seven fights since her career. Maybe not like age wise, but like experience wise, she's only been fighting for like what four years. So. Maybe this is her just getting comfortable with the other aspects of the sport. Yeah, we'll see. She's got plenty of time. Yeah, she's only. Uh, I, 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 for some reason, I thought she was like thirty. She's only twenty-four. Like, she, you know, yeah, she's got time to figure it all uh, out, improve. And I think it's just kind of frustrating because I, I think when you look at her, like, you, you see something there. Like, this could definitely, you could be somebody. And you kind of just want to see that that progress, right? Like, but like she is the only American woman with her background in this division, as far as I can tell. Um, freaking what? Um, strangely enough, Kanasakura is also a former amateur wrestler and competed in like the Japanese cadet team. Um before going to MMA, but, like, yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird. Well, you know, everybody's got to learn, so, well, uh, next time we'll see, hopefully she can make, uh, some better improvements. But, uh, Kana Asakura got that win via split decision. Uh, a few other names on the card, Justin Scoggins defeated, Kazuma uh, Sonated via unanimous decision. 
Uh, who else on the card? Jared Brooks is on here. I was a no contest. Yeah, he, him and uh, his opponent like headbutted like a minute into the fight, and then Jeez, they called right. the fight off. And then um, he proceeded to have a meltdown. Like, like it wasn't anything like it wasn't like he got got anybody's face, but like he was obviously upset, and like he was on borderline tears. Uh, well, you know what? That's a good way to just end that. <laughs> I didn't uh, didn't catch any other fights on on that card. That was Rising eighteen. Um, definitely worth go go back and and watch if you can. Uh, just just skip the main event. You don't need to. I mean, you have to. You, you have. If we have to suffer, they have to suffer. Oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah that, that's true. I mean, luckily it didn't last that long, but it's a little, it's a little hard to watch. Yeah. It's a little. And this is our last rising card for like. I shouldn't say that. Like the next rising card is in two months, and it'll feature so you him. So. Oh, she's going against uh me, Yamamoto. Which seems cruel. Yeah, see who I, see who I'm already beat up. So <laughs> this, is, this is gonna let Ham just. Just abuse, just poor, unsuspecting. I mean, Mia's a big, strong wrestler, so she has that. Oh, I shouldn't say big; she's like five one, but like relative. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, she might catch some paws. Yeah, like for real. Like, <laughs> she might catch a lot of hands. A lot, a lot of hands might not be pretty. It's really weird. Like, Soli Ham, like, has always been like a good striker, but like, it's only been. Since she got cut from the UFC, that she's been out here knocking people out. All right. Uh, maybe she'll find her way back. Or not. I don't know. She haven't, she's doing good over I there. Mean, so. I'd rather see her fight women her size. That is true. That is true. So. But that was Rising 18. Go back and watch it. That main card was actually actually pretty good. Got some, some pretty good uh, finishes. So go back and give that a look. And... Watch the uh, upset of the year at your own discretion. <laughs> but, moving on, main event of the evening, and boy, did this card. <laughs> I don't, I'm looking at the time, hoping that this episode doesn't run too long, but there's a lot to talk about on this main card, boy. There is, whew, we'll just get to it, we'll just get to it. UFC 241. Went down yesterday, Anaheim, California, headlined by Stipe Miocic and Daniel Cormier for the heavyweight title. As you all know, this is a rematch. First time they fought. Cormier uh, gave him that right hand in the clinch, shut his lights out, comes double champ. Not double champ, but... Well, he did. No, he was still the no. light. Oh, yeah, 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 he was. He, he was, was still the heavyweight champ at the time. Yeah, so... You know, he's riding high. Everything's all good. Daniel Cormier goes on to keep being busy. Stipe sits out on the sideline like, yo, where's my title fight? Kind of seems like the world's passing him by. But he gets it. And uh, we got this. <laughs> um, A fight in which Daniel Cormier outclasses Stipe for like 90% of it. And then, Stipe, and then DC gets old. <laughs> I mean that is basically it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he was winning until he just wasn't. 
Um, like he was winning the fight while gassed. Like that's the part that like really gets to me because like in that after that second round, you can tell like the guy who fought Gus for five rounds and Jones for five rounds in that first fight, he is no longer he is no longer with us. DC is yeah. DC is forty. He he's a full he's full he dad is now. Full dad. Um, and uh, this, like, again, D- DC was out here doing shit like. Absolutely look, hmm, hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say look great boxing, but I, I have I have some words for that. Um, but he was getting off his combinations. He took Stepe on the ride. Um, you know, picked him up, dropped him down, uh, Josh Barnett style. As in, like the way he dropped Josh Barnett um, was hurting Stepe, really just lighting him up. Then Stipe, in that fourth round, realized that DC is a 40-year-old man <laughs> who had to give up his dreams of being in the Olympics because he cut so much weight his liver fucking quit on him. And was like, maybe I should throw a body punch. And Stipe exploited his dad. Body. And for the first time since he fought Roy Nelson, Stipe threw body punches. <laughs> he, he and he landed every single one of them, like eight or nine yes. of them, really Flush. hard, really gorgeous punch too. Like it wasn't like you know just him winging at um, DC's body. It's obviously something he does in practice. He just doesn't do it when he's like in the act, like in the actual fight. Um, just and they instantly hurt uh, DC. Like you can tell, like he backs off every time he gets hit. Drops his hands. Um, Stipe hits him with one so hard that like he forgets to actually back out, back away, and like put his guard up. And DC, uh, I mean Stipe, follows up with a right hand that begins the basically is the beginning of the end. Um, you know, great revenge win for Stipe, who had to wait 13 months to get a rematch because of Brock Lesnar. Um, But yeah, um, DC's old man. That I had so many thoughts in the first couple rounds of this fight. Like, I was looking at Stipe, like, what are you? What's going on? Because they kept a lot of this fight was Daniel Cormier walking forward. You want to play handsies. And I want to jab you really hard. Throw a one-two. Like, it was a lot of play hands, get in close, jab hook, get in close, hands. You know, it was like a lot of that just like kind of over and over. Yeah. Again. And I'm like, he keeps catching you. <laughs> he keeps catching you. He's doing the same thing over and over. It's the same. We going to play hands. Like, yeah. And then I'm just gonna I'm gonna clip you with them. Like that's the thing. Like people were talking. Like I, I was like I was gonna say DC looked great boxing, but like all he did was bait Stipe to throw the to throw the one two so that he could step into range and land his own one two. Right. And it worked and for fifteen minutes. Three rounds. <laughs> like 
it wasn't like it wasn't great like defense, but it was great strategy from DC. It was just like, oh, even when he does hit me, it doesn't hurt. So I'm gonna just keep walking forward. Right. <laughs> all this man knows how to do is throw one twos. And it was. I wasn't really rooting for anybody one way or another, but it was one of those fights where I was kind of getting frustrated, like, Stipe, like, bro, like, <laughs> like, what are you, you sat on the sidelines for this long to do this? <laughs> this is what we got after 13 months or what have you? Like, this man is just kind of walking you down and just kind of, I mean, he was landing a couple of good shots here and there, but had that fight kept on the track that it was going, he was gonna lose. Yes, and that's the he was gonna lose to like a gas DC whose coaches were begging him to change up the strategy. Like Yeah, after every round they were like, DC, if you don't put your hands like, up. It, like Bob <laughs> Cook was furious. Freaking But DC's like, yo, it's working. Like and that's, a, that's, that's that's another sad part. It was like am I losing after what was it, the second round? Yeah. And I, it's like really bizarre like like that that makes me think that Something was not all there for DC. You know what I mean? Yeah, that. Well, yeah. When he said that in the corner, I was wondering, like, did he think that he was just gonna? I guess he thought that he could just do this for five rounds, and like it was all gonna be. And I mean, I guess to his credit, like he's done that in the he, past. So like, I get why he was. Yeah. Like, I. And he did it for three, and nothing was changing. Like <laughs> he he did it for three rounds, and nothing. Nothing was changed, and it was. I, I was getting mad at Stipe because it's like there was so much of this fight where it's like, dude, you you're not really doing a good job of keeping him at range when you have the height and reach advantage. You're not really like pushing the pace of the fight. You're not really being in control. You're kind of just letting DC. I say walk all over you, but like. You got DC way too comfortable in here. Like, why is DC walking towards you with his hands down, like, with no regard for, like, they mentioned it during commentary, Steve Aiden slept almost everybody he's fought. <laughs> like, he's knocked out and finished a lot of dudes. Why is DC just not even respecting you? Like, why are you not even really giving him a reason to, you Speed know? difference, man. DC is yeah, so was... much faster than any of these other heavyweights. It's not even funny. Including Stipe. But that that fourth round, I, I, I'll give Stipe credit. I'm all about a fighter making an adjustment. Even if it takes him 15 minutes to figure yeah. it out. Hey, man. Better better late than never. A little, little fight IQ goes a long way. And not only did, you know, obviously the body punches, but, like, I just felt like in that fourth round, just his attitude, he started to be a bit more assertive. There were moments where he was the one kind of walking forward. I'm like, dude, if you would have did this earlier in the fight, I'm not saying you would have won earlier, but this would have been a much more back and forth, like... And I, I, I guess... I, I want to say what I think Stipe was trying to do, because I felt like in the first fight, it got out of hand, it got real reckless. And I think he was trying to slow the fight down, kind of. And maybe just pick his shots a bit better. Which, cool. And it, it makes sense. You're the longer guy. If you can kind of stay at range, then you can you can do that. But clearly that just wasn't working in these first couple rounds. Like, Because 
you couldn't stay at range to save your life. <laughs> anytime he, he would throw, he would stop, plant his feet, and DC would come forward with his hands up, and he'd either parry or he'd make a miss by slipping, or he'd hit him, and it wouldn't be like as as um clean as he wanted it to be, and DC would just freaking unload on him. Hit him yeah. with a quick one-two and then bounce. But the the one thing that was giving me worry, even while DC was winning, was that as much as DC landed, and they had mentioned in the broadcast, like he landed like 80% of his significant strikes. I was like, as much as he was landing, Stipe wasn't going out. And I was like, if this fight can go to the fourth and fifth, I'll be interested to see, like, if one of them can, like, turn it on. Because it just seemed like Stipe wasn't... Go- he was getting, he was catching hands, but he wasn't going anywhere. I was like, he might have a, <clears throat> there's a chance for a comeback here if he can just not get knocked out. Right. And, uh, yeah, he, he did that. Um, like you said, that fourth round, he got more assertive. Those body shots were just beautiful. He was just burying his left. He, <laughs> like I said, he just repeatedly punched Cormier in the dad bow. Like, just... You could tell this was just not a thing Cormier was prepared to deal with. Like, like mm. he, he straight up looked like he was on autopilot in that third round. So when he came out in the fourth and, like, Sipe uh, made, like, just slight adjustments, he just was, like, completely at a loss for what to do because he was too tired to change up anything. Um, But, like, one of the... Th- like, uh, so, when... Somebody puts their hands out in front of the, you to, like, parry. Really simple fix is to go to the body. When somebody's trying to close range on you, and they're really quick, and, you like, um, they're waiting for you to throw your punches so they can counter, really effective thing to do is just not engage with them. Circle out. Make them chase you. Like, actually chase you, not walk you down, like, Turn an angle and have to face you because it gives you time to do stuff like drop a body punch and then you can hit an angle and then follow it up with a right hand. But you saw Steve won the fight. <clears throat> so, bear, uh, bear fundamentals. Uh, yeah, just <clears throat> 80 body punches, right hand. And when when DC hit that stumble, I was like, "Oh boy, he he knocked the dad <laughs> off the grill. <laughs> he knocked him straight off the mm-hmm. grill." And yeah, that was. It's uh, really telling that in like the in in the entirety of DC's whole career, only like three fighters have ever tried to hit him to the body consistently as like a part of their game plan. Jones, Gus, and freaking. Uh, Stipe. Two of those three guys won. Yep. <laughs> so, and I, I don't want to harp on Stipe because, like I said, that's a great way to just come back. Like, just way to make an adjustment, a fight that clearly just wasn't going your way and you just completely turned it around. And DC looked really defeated after, like, that knockout like it it, his facial expression to me looked like oh man i really i blew that like i really let that one i let that one right that 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 shouldn't have happened um 
I don't know what the aftermath of this is. Like, do we get? We we could go for a trilogy, and I'm I'm all for it. I'm 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 never gonna be mad at a rubber match. Um, I don't know, but I I don't really know what I wanted. Like, this feels I almost feels like one of those potential trilogies that if I didn't get the rubber match, I wouldn't be mad. Like, uh, I would be okay if these two never fight. I'm I'm cool with DC never fighting again. Like, obviously, it's gonna like I think he has it in him to have like one more good fight, maybe even a couple. But like, why? You already won the title. Yeah. If you beat Stipe again, it's not like you're gonna defend it. Like you were winning the entire fight up to the point where you lost. Like. There's nothing to prove here. Um, there's, there's, like, there's, other than like another paycheck, I don't know why you would want to do it again. You know? Yeah. Um. Yeah. This is. I don't say it's a coast into the sunset because you don't want to coast off of a loss, but I don't think this is a bad fight to kind of like you know what, man. You've, you've done everything you pretty much can in the sport. Like, you got two belts. <laughs> like, you won two belts. You can't really ask for much else. Like, considering just his whole story, like, just going back to the Strike Force days, him being an alternate in the tournament, coming in that tournament, throwing people on their heads. Like, dude's had a really good run, man. Like, we harp on him. We make jokes. Um, I don't like this thing. I can't really peg it just to MMA because it's sports in general that suddenly when somebody loses people just throw out oh he was always overrated and blah 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 it's like everybody loses man everybody catches the L nobody's immune to catching the L your favorite fighter has lost a fight before unless he's Habib he's undefeated still but he'll catch an L soon enough and nobody escapes the L especially in MMA you don't you're not, you're not escaping the L you hang around long enough you yeah, yeah. If you escaped the L's because you left early. <laughs> or, or you were able to... Y- your strength and schedule, maybe it was strong, but it wasn't exactly timely, I guess. Right, yeah. So it's like, nah, he's not overrated. He's he's fine. Like, dude is still... I, this doesn't change his status for me at all. Um, It, just, it's, it happens, man. It's MMA. You catch L's. It, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, like I said, he, he's done everything I think he set out to do. I don't I don't think there's anything else left for you. Like, bro, just go chill out, man. You got a family. I'm pretty sure outside of UFC, you got plenty of opportunities. He's a wrestling coach. Uh, Dude, they yeah. freaking Fox wants him to do SmackDown commentary. Like, Right, yeah, like you got plenty of other things you can do to make money that don't involve you having to take all this damage and get punched in your dad's right. butt. <laughs> you, got, you got other options. Um, and Stipe just, you know, I guess he can continue running the, the gauntlet, so to speak. Um, so we're, we're running back that Francis Ngannou fight, huh? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. We still don't know if Francis Ngannou has learned anything. All right, hey, hey, this is, this is, what, we, this is what we find out. We'll we'll see how much he's uh improved if at all. Nobody knows because he just kills everybody in three seconds. But uh, this man has like minus the Derek Lewis fight. This man has fought like a total of like three minutes. 
Right. <laughs> I mean, it, it got him Fast and Furious 9. Yeah, yeah, he's Fast and Furious 9. I, I didn't know he was in that little commercial, the tire commercial yeah. or whatever. I, I, you know what? I didn't know that dude standing next to Anthony Pettis was Dominic Reyes. Oh, no, I, I, I recognize him. Like, dude, like, why is this dude with a dad bod uh, standing next to Anthony Pettis? Uh, they they caught him outside of uh, yeah that he he was not in uh, mid camp yeah <laughs> he's out there looking like me <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> now he looks a little better I'm I'm a little little chubbier than that <laughs> nah um, but nah yeah and Ganu's out here but hey man good on Stepe great great comeback win man um, congrats all, all the props in the world. And, hey, I'm down for him running the back versus Ngannou. And as for DC, hey, man, if, if this is over, you won two belts. You had a lot of good memories. You've thrown a countless number of people on their heads. I, I don't think there's any shame in just hanging it up, man. I, 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 I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, but that was the main event, Stipe, TKO. Round four over Daniel Cormier. He is the new UFC heavyweight champion. Moving on, co-main event, Nate Diaz, Anthony Pettis. Oof. Ooh, where, where, where to start? So when this fight, <laughs> when this fight first started, out the gate, first thing I want to see, obviously Nate, uh, gone away for what three years. So I just want to see like what's the What's he looking like? How's he moving out there? What's the body language? Is he looking crisp? Does he look rusty? And I thought for like the first minute or two that he looked a little... I don't know if it was just me. I thought he looked a little... What's the word? Like a little sloppy? A little wild? A yeah, little bit? He, Nate Diaz is a slow starter. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. He, he looked a little... He was, he was looking a little funny out there. <clears throat> Not terrible, but it, 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 it looked like he hadn't fought in three years. And... I was thinking like, oh man, he might come out and be kind of sloppy and Pettis might just catch him with something. And Pettis clipped him a couple of good times um, in that first round. And I was just thinking like, oh, Pet, you know, Pettis has been way more active. Confidence probably at all-time high because he's been out here just showing off <laughs> these, these last couple fights. I was like, oh man, like Diaz looks a little, he looks a little sloppy. Pettis might, he could clip him or something, get him, put him in trouble. And once the fight like settled in, I realized that everything I thought about this fight wasn't true. Like, I envisioned this fight kind of going that Pettis would do good with leg kicks, just kicks in general, be able to move around a little bit get in get out definitely would take some some licks because it's nate nate's not gonna let you leave without knowing you were really in a fight right but I, I figured that pettis would somehow finesse his way probably to a decision i i, I wasn't gonna go on a limb and say he would finish him i i, I kind of had the idea floating in my head like if he pulled off a of josh thompson but i was like more realistically maybe he'll finesse his way to a decision and <laughs> By the second round, the very beginning of the second round, I was like, bro, everything I thought about this fight was a lie. Mm. 
when I saw that pressure that Nate was putting on Pettis, and then the longer the fight went on, the more he looked, he, he wasn't as sloppy anymore. He started to look a little bit more, a little more comfortable, a little bit more refined. I was like, oh boy, Pettis is in trouble. <laughs> he is in, he did not let Pettis breathe for a second in this fight. He was in Pettis' face the entire time, just piecing him up, combinations, one-twos, Pettis can't catch his breath, trying to circle out, no matter where he goes, Nate is just the boogeyman following him to every corner of the octagon, just all in his face, and then, when I started seeing Diaz do clinch work and land knees and get takedowns, I was like, oh no, Pettis, you are in... You 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 are in it. You're in some trouble. <laughs> like you are about to be in a world of trouble. And the only other interesting part of this fight, or not only other interesting, but the one interesting part I was thinking, like, Pettis has a really slick ground game. I was like, it'd be interesting to see how these two roll on the ground, see who would kind of get the better. And they had some good exchanges, but even though the fight obviously didn't end in submission, it looked like to me Nate was getting the better of a lot of Nate these. Nate straight up dominated Pettis on the ground. Yeah, like, he was, and the longer the fight went on, it was funny, shout-outs to my homie Rolando, we were uh, messaging on Facebook during the fight, and I was saying before, right before the fight started, I was messaging him, I was like, I feel like Pettis should win this, but I was like, somehow, I feel like Nate is about to come in and crash the party, and he messaged me back, and he was like, Nate is a slow starter, but he's a snowballer, like, he just... He starts to just pile on after too long. And that's exactly what happened. The longer this fight went on, Nate just threw the avalanche at Pettis. And Pettis just could not get out of the way of anything. Just so much pressure, so many strikes and just combinations. When he caught Pettis with like 80 knees, and I think I don't know if that was round two or round three. He had Pettis up against the cage. He kneed Pettis like four or five times. Pettis dropped to the floor. I thought it was about to be over. Yeah. I thought it was yeah. done. Because <laughs> like, he curled up for a good couple of seconds. Yeah, no, he was in the um, ball. Like, I legit thought it was yeah. over. Yeah. It, it, and to be honest, they, I think they probably should have because he was he took some punishments. Pat Diaz put – he put it on Pettis' fight. Oh, my God. I was – I'm not even, like, a super, like, Nate Diaz fan. But that, that was one of those performances kind of like uh, when Tony Ferguson came back against um, – uh, Cerrone, like, my jaw was on the floor, like, I can't believe I'm watching this right now, like, this man has been gone for three years, chilling, obviously probably, you know, still works out, keeps himself in shape, all that good stuff, but, hasn't fought in three years, hopped up off the couch, goes to fight Anthony Pettis, who has just been showing off as of late, and he beat, <laughs> he beat the brakes off this man, Legend. Straight up legend. Mm. Like, Anthony Pettis is so bad at fighting backwards. Like, fight off his back foot. Or, or it's not bad. Okay, bad. At limited, I think is the word I'm looking for. Um, like, I, I was rewatching the fight um, before we started recording. Like, you know, a couple minutes before. Or, like, it's... Like, he starts to... Like, the first three minutes of the fight are all Pettis. Or, or mostly Pettis, I should say. Um, He lands basically every right hand he throws. 
like every right-hand counter. He's doing a good job, a, a relatively good job of staying off the fence. He, when he goes there, uh, he fights for the underhook, you know, um, and then circles his way back to the center of the cage. He does a good job. Diaz ties him up and takes him down with like two minutes left on the clock, and then proceeds to beat him up. And from like, I guess he's just too tired from that point on, or just. You know what I think it is? I think Pettis, in his mind, thinks he has to win, like, every exchange. So, and, and and as a result of that, he never backs down from an exchange. So, instead of trying to use any of his footwork or, like, his movement to get back to the center of the cage and get off the cage where his opponents do the, the best work, dude is so hell-bent on, um... I'm just winning, like the exchange. So he's he's willing to win. He's going. He's trying to win the battle, but it always costs him the war. Like there's an exchange in the third round. Like this is after Diaz spent like the last half of the second round beating the bricks off him, like just the ever living crap out of him. Um, they exchange. Pettis circles smartly to his left and avoids Diaz. Um. As he marches forward, um, for whatever reason, Pettis stops short of coming back to the center of the cage, plants his feet, throws a jab hook, and turns that into a head kick. I, uh, yeah, with the left, uh, with the left leg. So you know, left hook. He uses that to swat um, Diaz's head down and throw, and it lands. It's not flush, but it lands. But now his back is to the post. And a few seconds later, Diaz dives into the clinch and proceeds to light Pettis up with like a 10-punch combination. Uh. He's such a bad decision maker when he's pressured. And like, my thought process for this fight was like, there's a chance that Pettis knocks Diaz out in the first round. But if it keeps going too long, if it go like Pettis is a moment to moment fighter. Like he, he fights in spots. He does not fight for fifteen minutes or twenty five minutes or whatever. Diaz fights for however long you give him. He is going to be relentless. He is going to come forward and try to take your air in your space. And he's not going to give Anthony Pettis any room to operate once he understand like once he finds his range. And he, he refused it. Like, he just never gave Pettis any room to breathe. And he. That's what those right hands are for. Like, the right hand that you saw Pettis knock Gilbert Melendez down with. Yeah. Those hands, those are all designed to scare his opponent off of him so they will give him room to kick. Diaz wasn't afraid of him. Yeah, Diaz don't care about. Diaz don't care about nothing. Like, <laughs> he is a master infighter along the. Like,. Um, just to Dominic Cruz, who pointed this, like he was just grabbing Anthony Pettis' wrist, uh, like using um, Pettis' shoulders to guard from like those knees and high kicks he likes to throw off the brakes. Just like really simple but effective stuff from Nate. Just eliminate the uh, Diaz uh, Pettis' entire athletic advantage. Yeah, he. 
Nate, Nate's scary, and not in the like, I'm a one hit KO you kind of scary, but just like that exhausting, just kind of like, bro, why are you still stop? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> stop doing this to me. Like, <laughs> like can I can I breathe for like two seconds, please? Yeah, that that was. That was one of my favorite performances I think I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> I was watching that in amazement. Like, I cannot believe I'm really seeing this. That was like a charged up version of uh, Diaz versus um, Johnson. Yeah. Like, all the way turned <laughs> up. Like, <laughs> yeah. Man. Um, that fight was amazing. That performance was amazing. Like, three-year layoff, and you come back looking like that, like, he shook the rust off in, like, a couple minutes, and just... I mean, but, like, we knew, we knew I think we all knew that Nate was gonna come back in shape. I just didn't think it would be so just... I, I don't even know, I don't even really know what to say, like, I just, I didn't think I was gonna get that. Like, I didn't think it would be that good. I didn't think it would be that good, but Nate Diaz, man, um, what a performance! Just what a and performance. a nice little call out. Um, oh yeah, he wants the Masvidal. Yeah. Listen, I man. think Masvidal probably beats the brakes off him. To be, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah, I, I was talking to my uh, my friend about this yesterday. I think, <laughs> I think Masvidal has a lot of what Pettis lacks, and that. Masvidal is actually a pretty good boxer, and he has pretty fast hands, good power in his hands. So, like, if he were to be able to catch some of those, if, if Masvidal could catch Diaz with some of the same rights that Pettis landed in that first round, I think he could do a lot more damage. Um, but I'm 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 down to see how it plays out. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey man, I know like ranking wise and all that. It, Maybe it doesn't make a lot of sense, but hey, man. This is more that, entertaining that's kinda... than any other welterweight fight the UFC right. could possibly come up. Like, these dudes are out here calling the shots, the, the guys who are not fighting for the title, and, like, they're making the more intriguing matchups than the UFC is doing, so. Yeah, and th- this is kind of like <laughs> one of those fights, especially for Nate, because you just, you never, Nate's such a wild card that you never know what he's going to do. While he's around and interested, just make the yeah. fight before he decides to leave and just disappear for another three to four years. I mean, um, Dana White was already teasing uh, a third McGregor fight. I don't want that. I mean, I'd be fine with it, but I'd rather see the Masvidal fight just for something new. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Lord have mercy. Yeah. Nate, Nate, Nate Diaz. Um, congrats. Looking forward to the next scrap. <laughs> I, I, I want to see more of this. This 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 was coming off the Romero Costa fight. Like this was just like the ultimate high. Like the ultimate high. But Nate Diaz defeated Anthony Pettis unanimous decision. If you didn't watch that fight, go back watch it eighty times. It's, it's great. 
It's just it's so good. I, I can't front. It was a little hard to appreciate after um the previous fight. Uh, oh no, I, I loved every second. Yeah. Of it. But, but I but I get yeah. you. I get you because uh the next fight, the, the the superhero matchup we were all waiting for. That's been was supposed to happen like eighty times and didn't happen, and now we finally got it. Paulo Costa. Yoel Romero. Um, it's like Superman versus Darkseid. Broly versus Jiren. Pick any really big, strong person you can think of against the other biggest, strongest <laughs> person. Uh, uh, man. I, I, I'll say from, from this fight, I learned a lot about Costa. That any... any, any, any some some doubts I may have had, or I don't even say doubts, just like questions. A lot a lot of them got answered. Um, you would assume that somebody with that big of a frame can't go that hard for three rounds, but he like, yeah, can. No, fuck it. <laughs> dude, dude is a machine. Like, <laughs> so I'm like, all right, that's that's put the rest. And then I'm also looking at. I mean, because you look at Yoel Romero, and then you look at everybody else Paulo Costa has fought, and I'm like, this is a huge leap up in competition. Nah, he's good. He's good. He's fine. <laughs> like, when you're that big, you're that strong, you can hit that hard, and you apparently have a gas tank that can carry you this far, he'll, he'll, he'll be just fine. Um, but as far as the fight, I mean, this, this was everything you could have hoped for. Um, and I, I'll throw this out there real quick. I don't understand why people call this fight a robbery. Um, Definitely not a robbery, though. I did have um, not at all Romero winning. You gave it. I I, I gave. I had a cost of twenty nine, twenty eight. Um, but yeah, ro- robbery is a yeah. Don't don't. That's this wasn't a robbery. It was a close fight. There, yeah, this was a very very close fight. Um. I was surprised that Romero did not go for those takedowns more often, cause he did. He did. He got one. I think it was like at the very end of the second, mm-hmm. and then he got another one. I want to say in the third. He did, but um, Costa got right up. I just thought he would have went to the well with that a little more. Right. But in a way, I'm glad he didn't, cause we got what we right. got, which <laughs> was. A lot of it's weird seeing somebody push forward against Romero. Like nobody's really too eager to like go forward against a guy who can close distance in like a half a second. Um, and Costa was just with all the smoke, and I respected it. Like, <laughs> like dudes are just throwing bombs back and forth. I can't remember who got clipped. Costa got clipped first, no, right? Uh, no, 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 no. Romero got, got yeah. Clipped. Romero ate a hook, dived on a single leg, got up, and then proceeded to just jump at Costa with a right hand and then knock him down. <laughs> did you see the point he did? <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, I, I didn't hear the post-fight conference, but Costa apparently said he really did look like. <laughs> <laughs> like 
if you guys go back, watch the first round in that sequence where they both dropped each other. Right before Romero throws, um, I can't remember if it was a left or a right. No, I think he, he pointed with his right and threw with the left. But, like, right before that punch, he, like, he points his right hand, like, off to the distance. And then he throws. <laughs> and he catches, <laughs> and he catches Costa, puts him right on his behind. How is Juan Romero not everybody's favorite fighter? <laughs> it, that fight was so much fun. Like, that, and I, I think, I think the reason I scored it, for Acosta, or the reason why I thought the judges were going to give it to him is that I thought he spent just more of the fight. He was the one pushing the pace. Romero spent a lot of time um, kind of on the outside or with his back against the cage, and he was trying to, he was doing his whole rope-a-dope uh, routine. Romero was out there having a blast. He was rope-a-doping. He had his tongue sticking out for like half the fight while they're just brutally just beating the crap out of each other for three rounds. Um, wait, wait. We, yeah. we can't, we can't just, like, emphasize how good this fight was. Mm-mm. Yeah, they they were really... It's like, I don't think anybody else could have took these kind of punches but them two from each other. In this division, no, probably not. Yeah, everybody else would have would Maybe died, Robert Whitaker, but... who, who did, but probably can't do yeah, it anymore. Because yeah, it's the first but... time, yeah. Um... But yeah, they, these two were just, whoosh, just, my God, my God. But, but that, that third round from Romero, if this was a five-round fight, <laughs> how was Romero, like, 42 and still? I have no idea. That, that third round, he, Costa was in trouble in that third round, boy. Romero was really starting to get, like, he was starting to get Yeah, loose. he was tired, uh, Costa. Like, the, the, the forward aggression just was not there anymore. And, uh, Romero, this is the part, this is, so Romero is both equally a very, very smart fighter and, a, and someone who's just prone to do dumb shit. <laughs> it, it, it comes part and parcel with like just the type of fighter like he is in my mind without a doubt the best pure athlete MMA has ever seen with probably some of the best eyes that MMA has ever seen and that allows him to do things like I don't know only fight Robert Whitaker in their rematch for like three rounds like he, he literally just gave up the first two rounds Right. <laughs> so that he could go really, really hard in the last three, and it almost worked. Like, this is a guy who will take his time, like, and choose the best option available for him to go for knockouts in, like, the third round. And that is a thing only he can do because he is a super athlete. But it also leads to him doing shit like, Beat, like, tagging Costa really, really hard, putting him along the fence, and then telling him to follow him to the center of the cage. <laughs> yeah. While sticking While sticking, out. yeah, like, you can tell Costa was pissed by the end of the fight. <laughs> but, like, I mean, it was entertaining as shit, but it 
probably cost him a finish, which he pro which he apparently needed to win the fight. Um, and that was. Um, so real quick, how many aggressive come forward combination punches has Joe Romero fought um, up to this point in the UFC or in his career? Not a lot, man. How how many of them have been? Uh, how, and if they were come for, they didn't come for for that long. They probably ended up looking at exactly a like Paul Costa is a twenty eight like a twenty eight year old behemoth of a man who can take a punch and like can fight really hard for really long periods of time. Um. So that that's something I overlooked. Like I I thought Romero was just going to take Costa down after like eating a punch or two, and just beat the shit out of him from like in his inside his garden until the fight was over. Didn't happen like that, but um, you know, thankfully, because uh, we got this fight instead. Um, but that weighed on my mind as like uh, as we were watching this because like the, the most high output guy Romero's probably fubs this point is Whitaker. And Whitaker is an, a high output guy in the same way like Costa is. Costa is John Lineker. Uh, Robert Whitaker is Conor McGregor. Uh, is like a Conor McGregor level like output guy. He's like a guy who will hit you with like a two three punch, um, two three strike combinations at like a high rate. But he's not going to put you along the fence and throw like six punches at a time. Right. Um. So. Romero, who is still possibly human, is 42 years old, um, does tend to take rounds off, or at least does not go as hard as he could uh, in certain rounds. Um, so it didn't really, like, to see him outworked like that didn't really surprise me. I was impressed with, Co from, from that, um, from Costa's standpoint, from a technical standpoint, um, I was really... Impressed with um, him staying uh, like he, there was there was no reaching with Costa, like we saw on this card a couple times guys reaching for punches when they had their opponents backed up and just getting knocked out as a result. Um, we'll get to it in a second with Gabriel Benitez, but uh, part of the reason that we didn't see Costa getting knocked out was because he just kept his feet underneath his head as he walked forward, like. If you have a good guard is and you see all the punches coming, it's really hard to get knocked out. Especially when you're bricked up as shit. Like Costa right. is. Like dude's neck is ridiculous. Um But yeah, like star making performance from Costa. Dude is legit. Um I don't know if I pick him against Robert Whitaker or um or Israel Asanya, because I think they uh I think they play the game that Whitaker, uh, not Whitaker, um, that Romero chose to play today better than Romero does. Like Romero's at his best when he's the when he's the guy coming forward, when he's the guy putting you on the fence, pressuring you, slowing the fight down, reading you and making you like react to what he's doing. Um, like like this, uh, according to um Joe Rogan on commentary, like this was Whitaker, uh, Romero who was like doing Taekwondo. Um, it should be mentioned, like, 
Romero hasn't fought in like 12 months. Not 12 months, like 14 months. He, he was doing a, a reality TV show in like Miami or something. <laughs> then he got hurt, and apparently he's been trading Taekwondo. Like, this was not a typical Yoel Romero performance. Um, and in that first round, he was doing like a lot of like just weird shit. Like, the, 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 the spinning back kicks. The spinning wheel kicks and stuff, like, probably didn't need to be doing that against Costa. Um, a couple of jumping attacks that were that went nowhere. Um, like, a lot of leaping in, too. Like, even the punch that he managed to hit Costa with um, that knocked him down, like, that was yeah. uncharacteristically, like, him really just jumping out there trying to connect with something. So... I don't know. Like, I'm curious if a more typical Yoel Romero performance like yields different results, or if that helps him mitigate some of Costa's offense here. Yeah, more the third round. Yeah, just being the guy to really put the pressure forward. A lot of combinations. Uh, he just he really let his hand. He, the hands were just kind of all over the place. He was really letting. Yeah, it like go. that third that um, that that third round was kind of what I expected to see in the entire fight, heading yeah. into it. But but amazing, amazing fight. Like you just you, you just want a fight like this to live up to the hype, and boy did it live up, and probably even exceeded expectations. Uh, like, yeah, like shouts to um, what's the homie's name on Tumblr? Uh, the Kentucky gentleman who raised this point to me that like Yo Romero is like the most must-watch fighter in the UFC, and I'd argue in MMA. Period. Like every like he is everything great about combat sports as like a spectacle and a sport. Like he's a freaking tank of a human being who looks like a wrestler from the 80s right <laughs> he's got an incredibly deep pedigree of like in, in combat sports like he's always out here just trying random shit like look over here while i punch you like um like he's unintentionally one of the funniest dudes in the ufc like you listen to him like give an interview and he's hilarious um Freaking like, he's uh, he's arguably the best pure athlete the sport's ever seen, and he's also like a seventy-year-old man. Right. <laughs> like and, and like nobody will can and will ever fight like him again because like, so much of his game is built around being this freakishly athletic human being. Yeah, when yeah, at forty-two, or however old he is. Yeah, you're not getting another one of uh like you ain't getting another still, one of like these. legitimately and, and here's the thing like he's a really smart fighter like if you watch him like learn over the course of a fight like how to deal with opponents like he's not an idiot like he's not like a dude like or like I should say he's not um like he he understands fighting it's not like um What's the dude's name? Alex Hernandez, who whose entire game is built around overwhelming his opponent. Like Romero knows how to fight. 
not just bully, but fight. But he knows how to deal with adversity. He knows how to adapt and change and do all this other stuff. But he's also the same type of di- guy who will like shit his pants while he's like turning uh, Derek Brunson's um, rib cage into pudding. <laughs> Man, like d- dude is just like the best. Immortalized, immortalized in history. Like there needs to be a statue of this man outside of like Zufa headquarters. I need, I need my Romero thirty for thirty. Like uh, that would involve. I, I really, I'm really curious about his life on in Cuba. Like I don't know if anybody's ever asked him about that. I'm pretty sure he seems like he seems like a guy who has plenty of stories. <laughs> He's way too interested of a guy to not have. He probably was like that yoked up when he was like twelve. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Like, what? Like, I don't know that much about Romero outside of like the weird stuff that sips uh, that seeps into like his fight weeks. It'd be really cool to see somebody just like um, Bryn Jonathan Butler, who does like profiles on fighters like he did one on Deontay Wilder and he did one on Roy Jones Jr. that's really interesting and deep and like gets to like their childhoods and why they fight and why like Roy Jones Jr. still fights and stuff like it'd be interesting to see like a journalist sit with Romero for a week and just like follow him around and see what his life is like yeah. I'm, all, I'm all for it but just hats off to both these guys man pa- Paulo Costa got the win but hats off to both, man. That was an amazing... Yeah, like, I feel bad because we, we spent most of the time talking about Romero, but Costa was the dude who won the fight. It feels it feels like his post-fight interview where everybody was just booing him. I would say, if you had any doubts about Costa, they, they should be gone. Yep. He's legit. He is here to stay. He can punch really hard for long periods of time. <laughs> You, you you can't say you're not interested in seeing him fight Israel Asanya or Robert Whitaker after right. that. Yeah, yeah. Like he he put he emphatically put his name in that conversation. Um, so aw- awesome performance from both gentlemen. But congrats to Costa, even though some people were hating. He got the unanimous decision. Do do your thing, homie. He keep punching people really hard for a long period of time. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm all for it. <laughs> uh, speaking of the people who got punched uh, really hard, moving on to featherweight. Sadiq Youssef versus Gabriel Benitez. Uh, there were a couple hard punches uh, in this fight. Uh, one ended with a knockdown. One ended with a knockout. Um, out the gate, Sadiq on, on Benitez's heels. Just... <laughs> Out the gate, right in his face. Just, I'm going to walk you down. Because I think I'm better than you. I think I hit harder than you. Um, dude just comes out. He's just kind of winging it. He is, he's, Sadiq's getting busy right out the gate. Um, he had me a little worried. I felt like, you know, he, he landed some good shots. And obviously, dude is crazy strong. He hits really hard. I kind of felt like he was a little... Guess reckless, a little like you could leave yourself to get clipped, to get caught with something, which he did. Um, 
And I was like, boy, would it suck that you would have this strong start to the fight for the first couple of minutes, and then you get clipped, and then all that gets taken away. And um, then what happened? Yeah. I mean, it got took away for a split second. He got dropped. Um, had to get his wits back about him. Benitez rushed him. You know? I'm like, oh, we got to fight now. Like, we got to we, – we in there. And just when it starts to heat up and things are getting real <laughs> – Benitez throws, I think he threw a left, and Sadiq countered with the right, and, uh, yeah, uh, Benitez didn't get back up after that. No, he did not. <laughs> he, got, he got countered, ate some ground and pound, and, uh, fight only lasted a round. The round was almost over, they had about 40 seconds left, but, um. Yeah, that that was a that was a, a mean, nasty counter, and Benitez just he ate that flush, caught the ground and pound, and uh, that was it. Yeah, I I will say I'm gonna go on a a, a, a ledge. I'm trying to preface this, I'm not a hater. I let me, let me phrase this correctly. I'm not as hype on Yusef as I think a lot of other people are. Um, obviously, he's really talented. Hits really hard. Really athletic. I just... And, I, I, and I'm not, I don't want to put this on Yusef because it's not like he's out here like talking a bunch of trash. So I'm not projecting this onto him. But I feel like I just haven't seen enough. Like, you're athletic, and you can hit really hard. It's cool. But, like, you're going to need a little more for, you know. And, obviously, we'll see more as he gets more fights, more experience. But I guess I'm just, I, I, I'm not on the bandwagon yet. I'm not. I like him as a prospect, quote-unquote, whatever that term really means. But I'm, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm not, like, super sold yet. But, like, I like what I see so far, but I'm not ready to be like, yeah, he, he's got next up. But great knockout. Um, y'all can, y'all can rip me to shreds. I don't care. I, I, I feel you on that a little bit. Um, Benitez was a tough test. Like, I, I think he's a way better fighter than he gets credit for. Or... He deserves more mention in the pantheon of, like, the really tough featherweights. But, like, I'm just theorizing here, like, Yusuf's one of those, um, uh, he's, uh, Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series dude. I'm, I'm kind of worried about some of those guys, because, like, they get to the UFC... Based on impressing Dana White, right? It's, so you got to be like the action fighter, the finisher. And I'm worried that it's leading a lot of these guys to just like abandon their defense. Again, we, we saw um, Yusuf here like get really, he got hurt trying to chase, uh, chase Benitez down, being just being overly aggressive. Like, and it seems like it's like, if I remember the Shaman Marais fight more correctly, he was a little bit more cautious. I, I 
Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't plot like this. Like he was straight. He, yeah, he was straight, just disrespecting Benitez and just like I'm going to march forward and knock you out. Um, you know, strangely enough, the only only at the very end when he used a little bit of head movement and uh put uh you know, got his footwork right was he able to actually knock out Benitez? But I'm I'm worried that like this need to impress Dana White for on the show is going to lead a lot of these dudes down the road where they are just like all offense fighters and they never actually develop into like good well-rounded guy, uh, potentially elite fighters like I mean uh, was, was, Cor- was Cor- uh, San Hagen one of the dudes off of um, Dana White contender series or was he just signed because he was the LFA champ I think he just got signed because okay. I was going to say, that's like a complete opposite case where he was just like this completely violent wild man and he's turned, somehow just managed to like turn off. His skills transfer. Right yeah, on. like he, he is <laughs> he is out here just like closing the gap on all the, the stuff that was getting him hurt prior. Um, but yeah, no, like impressive win for Yusuf. Um, I'm still on that fuck Team Lloyd Irvin stuff. So, you know. Fuck them. Um, I feel bad for Benitez. But, you know, this, cause this is going on, like, that ba- the bad punch list. Because, like, dude, like, you are so far away. Like, even if you landed, it wouldn't be that hard. Like, come on. Like, choose your shots a little better. Have uh, some time to think about that. <laughs> All the time in the world. Yeah, yeah. But I don't want to seem like I'm piling on uh, Yusef. I I I want to see you know what happens next. But kind of like you said, I I don't contend the series, guys. I'm 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 a little. I just need I just need to see more. Because as we saw, we'll get to another one of them in a couple fights. It ain't go so well for all of them. Uh, some of some of them may make it. Like I'm not I'm not worried but, about like a skill thing. Like, I'm worried about like they're being they're emphasizing they might be emphasizing the wrong parts of the game. Yeah, I still feel like a lot of them are really cream still. Like right, absolutely. Like they're I'll you know, I'll say I'll save it till we get to Devonte Smith because I thought his fight placement was. Whack. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of things about that fight I thought were really odd, but we'll, we'll get to that in a couple fights. But Sadiq Youssef, uh, nasty counter, knocked out uh, Gabriel Benitez via TKO in the first round. And moving on to round out the main card, uh, Derek Brunson versus, versus Ian Heinish. <laughs> I don't know what it was. This is going to make me sound like such a hater. In real time, I, like, enjoyed watching this fight. And then, like, I rewatched it this morning. I was like, I feel like this wasn't as good as I thought it was. Yeah. Or I'm not enjoying this mu- as much on the rewatch as I did in, like, real it time. It was some sloppy heavyweight. Uh, not, not heavyweight. I mean, it might as well have been heavyweight. But it was sloppy middleweight action. Especially from Heinish. Um, 
like friggin' uh what's his name? Um I don't remember the name like Derek Brunson did not have a coach prior to the like this fight. Like he's very much been like a self trained dude who like who gets his buddies to or his sparring partners to be his corner. So it was really nice to see him just go back to fundamentals here. Like he did not gas himself out uh, kickboxing with um, Heinish. Like I was worried he was going to do. Did not overcommit on any finishes or anything like that. Just stuck to the game plan. But like this was not. This is probably his most impressive win since um, or this is the most impressive he's been since Yoel Romero beat the crap out of him in that third round. Because he was winning that fight previously. Yeah. But, um, like, Heinish was out there fighting, like, a dude who basically is used to getting whatever he wants. Like, really sloppy entries on a lot of those punches and takedown attempts. Um, he hurt Bronson in that first round with the head kick. I think that got him, like, really overconfident about, like, the damage he was able to do. But, um, yeah, not a pretty fight from Heinish. Yeah, I, I think I was most impressed with Brunson, kind of like you said. He, I thought he fought a pretty smart fight. He landed that left. That left, he was landing that left mm-hmm. a lot. That straight left was just, like, anytime he wanted it, it was there. Um, and, like, he didn't, like I said, he didn't overcommit. He had moments where he might have had a hurdle, landed a good shot. He didn't do anything too crazy to put himself in danger because we've kind of seen that work against Brunson where he might get a little overzealous and then life happens fast and you know how that goes. So I think I was just, I, I was impressed that just Brunson to me just he fought just a really smart he fought a smart fight and was able to be really effective while not putting himself in in too much like careless danger. Um. So good on Brunson. I, I don't really have a ton else to really uh say about that fight, but good good on Brunson. Like I said, landed the left a lot, uh, able to keep a pretty good pace. Um. Got a, got a couple takedowns and also he mixed. I thought he mixed it up pretty good in there. So props to Brunson. Um, so he got the win over Ian Heinish uh, via unanimous decision. So that rounds out the main card, and then on to the uh, preliminaries. So headline in the prelims was Devonte Smith versus Kamaworthy. Um, a lot going on with this fight. This was like the fourth opponent. <laughs> that Devontae's had. Um, and then it lands on Kama Worthy, who ends up, they're like friends. Uh, I don't know if they're former training partners or they still train together. I'm not sure. But either either way, like, they have a history. But, like, what I thought was just really interesting about the placement of this fight, I was like, do they, they must really think highly of Devontae. Um, Which is really weird. Who, who was... Who was Devontae's original? Oh, it's supposed to be MacDessy. Was he was the original. And then MacDessy had to drop out, and then Clay Collard stepped in, and then he had to drop out. And then we got Kamal Worthy. But even had it been MacDessy and Devontae, it was just the fact that he was placed as the headliner pre- preliminary fight. And that the Vegas odds had him at like a minus a lot. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> but he, he was heavily favored. Like heavily, heavily favored. 
and I don't know, I, I thought it was all kind of weird. And I don't want to, like, pile on the dude. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, like, dislike him or anything. I just thought, like, they they must really think how, like, I don't know, I, maybe people just see something else that I'm not catching. I mean, dude, he's, he's looked good, but, like, it's not like he's looked good. He's been fighting the guys who he's been, um, if you're a prospect, you're supposed to be. Like, Julian Arosa and Dun, uh, Duncan Ma, like, not exactly the cream of the crop at a lightweight. Um, and I get, I guess, the McDessie fight. McDessie's more of a a name, somebody who's, who's fought a lot of good fighters. But no, like I, I don't know. I was just, I was looking at that matchup, and then I'm looking at Corey Sanhagen versus the Sunsaw, and I'm like, yeah, like that should have been your that should have been your headline of prelim if you want to keep them on a prelim. That definitely should have yeah like the like we've only seen in the ufc Devonte smith for like a total of like five minutes i i don't get what uh, he he seems like a cool dude if i remember right he, he had that like, great post fight speech after he beat Dunghama. um but like maybe they saw like some star potential in him or something like this, like he really must have impressed Dana White on the Contender Series. I know he won by elbows. I don't, I don't remember the fight off the top of my head, or even if I even watched it because I, I don't follow the Contender Series like that. But um, and like this is, it, it and it was so strange because they were like, he's a plus, he's a like minus one thousand favorite or whatever. Yeah, I was like, why? Yeah, he shouldn't be a minus thousand over any. Anybody, <laughs> so yeah, somebody who's that green, you shouldn't be a minus thousand over anybody. Like this is the dude who's never even been to a decision, I think. Um. So like, how, how am I supposed like? Yeah, like why? Why is he? Well, I I don't get it. Yeah, it was it was weird. I guess, like, and here's the thing: it's not even he, like he comes from like a huge camp where like they have like media influence where they can be like, hey. This is the this dude is like the next guy up. Like he trains at the same camp as Ian, uh, like Ian Heinish. No, maybe they just really like. Nah, I mean, that's probably what it is. But like, <laughs> they don't like like Corey Sandhagen should be the guy they got behind for this card for whatever. Like, but, uh, but, you know what? Put that all that aside. The, about the actual fight, comma worthy. Um, and Devontae Smith, they kind of just stare at each other for, um, for, like, what, four minutes? Um, Smith finally commits on, like, a, 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 a cross, I think it was? Um, Worthy, who is a counter brawler, which, something I did not know existed, but I love it, (laughs) um, takes a step back. Catches Devontae Smith reaching and proceeds to drop him with a counter left hook? Right hook? Not the... I think... I want to say it was a right. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I think it was a right. That just completely ruins um, Smith's day and just knocks him out cold. Yeah. I I remember, like, (laughs) when they showed the replay, if you just look at Smith's eyes while he was on the ground... 
Yeah, that man was in another. Yeah, I forgot the uppercut. He landed like a really. It was like a really sweet um, left hook uppercut combination that uh, put Smith down. Um, and worthy when he got in the microphone, just fan fucking tastic. Um. Yeah, not a whole lot to talk about in this fight because they spent like I, I know they were training partners and friends, and they they spent a good amount of time just not wanting to engage with one another. Yeah, it was a lot of like quick twitch. I might throw something, but <laughs> I don't want to hit you. You the homie, right? And then when they did throw, you knocked the homie out. Right. Yeah. So, okay, I'm watching it again. Um, he like Smith does land. But like it's not clean. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't flush. And then comma fires back. Fires back with that left hook, right uppercut, grounded pound is over. Yeah. That's all folks. Mm. Congrats to anybody who will uh, actually bet on worthy. Yeah. You can go uh, pay off your house. <laughs> pay off your car. Yeah, God damn like I I I'll never understand odds makers, man. Yeah. Those odds were, yeah, those odds were crazy. But, Kama Worthy wins. TKO, round one. Congrats. See what you do next. Moving on to Bantamweight. This is honestly the fight, uh, one of the fights on this card that I was most looking forward to. Corey Sanhagen, excuse me, versus Rafael Sunso. I, I got a chance to watch Sanhagen while he was in LFA. And it's been great to see that his violence has just transferred over fairly well. Um, he just, he's chaos, but it's like controlled. It's, he is super fun to watch, man. Like, dude will just get in your face and hit you with just so many different things from a lot of different angles, stance switching and he just he throws so much at you and it's just it's just a lot to to deal with like <laughs> he, he i i could just imagine somebody fighting him like bro he is a handful like just all those stance switches just and he he fights like a guy who's very i feel like to fight the way he does you have to be very like confident and sure of yourself cuz he's just like super just kind of creative and, and really just all over the place, but like in a good way. And then you get him on the ground and he's like, just as, you know, nifty and crafty <laughs> on the ground as he is on the feet. So it's like, what do I really do with this guy? Right. What, what is my, it, he, just, he looks like he's just extremely frustrating to deal with. And to, like, how are you five, like ten, eleven at bantamweight? Right. <laughs> Every fight he lo- he's in is just comical. <laughs> and a Sunsau, like we've said, like a Sunsau is one of those guys who never really got his his just due. A Sunsau has been in there with the best of the best, and we've seen him lose before, but I've never seen him look really just kind of like. Like, bruh, like, what is this? Like, like, overwhelming almost. Like, Sanhagen is just, he's doing way too much, and I kind of don't really, I just, I need to breathe and gather myself for a second. Because this guy is just, he's throwing too much at me, and I don't really know 
And then we get on the ground, it's like, oh, he's now he's grabbing for my knee. <laughs> or, like, he's doing something crazy on the ground. Like, Sanhagen is so wild and fun to watch, but he's so effective at what he does. It's like this controlled kind of chaos and pressure that he just brings. Right, like... That is just super hard to deal with. Uh, see, I'm the... Like, I was... I was... At, the, the only part of this fight I was really worried for Sanhagen would be, like, on the ground. Um, and he... I don't think he won on the ground, if I'm remembering right. Like, he, he had a couple moments where, like, he looked like he was uh, gonna, like, you know, really do something there. But, like, Sun Sao, to his credit, like, managed to keep it 50 50. Um, but, like, I, I figured his output and his reach would be too much for, um, for a Sun Tzu. Because, we we've seen uh, part of the reason I think it's has been so effective for so long is like there are like the, a lot of the guys he beat are just not high output guys at all like Aljamain Sterling not even now like now that he's comfortable with his kickboxing he is not what I call an out a high output um boxer um friggin uh Marlon Marais very uh, like very powerful very quick. Not a very high output guy. Um, who else? Like, who, um, who else is a, a Sun Tzu B? Like Caraway. Um, like recently. Oh yeah, like uh, Matthew Lopez. Like these are not dudes who will fight. At the same pace as Corey Sanhagen for 15 minutes, so I, I figured he would, unless he just got dropped like Matthew Lopez. I figured he would be able to outwork a Sun Tzu. I was kind of expecting him to get hooked on the ground. Like I, I don't know why he does not seem like a very strong dude. Maybe it's just like how lanky he is that bothers me. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of guys like that can be like mad creative, but physically they can get kind of bored. yeah. Like I like I I think I was expecting like a Carlos Condit situation, but he, he like I said he did more than hold his own. Like he had a few moments where it looked like he was really gonna do something. Like then he have like not mount, but like something close to it for a second. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So like tremendous performance from um Sanhagen. Like dude, dude is. He is so far ahead of his um, like like his his years in terms of just like like being composed. Um, well, I want to say, isn't he like in his thirties? I think he is twenty seven. Yeah, really? but he's only been fighting professionally since like twenty fifteen. Gee, though, y'all are in trouble. <laughs> Uh, he's he fought amateur for a few years, a couple years, but like professionals, like when you really put in the time and the work, and the, for some reason I thought he was like thirties, and he was just kind of like this. This is my run now. Like I just got to do this <laughs> before my clock. Turns no, out. B is a um, he's twenty seven. Yeah, Ludwig, man, like he's he's turning out these dudes. That's scary. Wait, is he a liquid guy or is he a Marshall guy? Cause when if he's like, because when he was like a bang guy. If he's like that at twenty-seven, bro, when he hits like thirty, 
man. Like he he's on the rise, man. Watch out. Yeah, he he's he's gonna be a problem. He is going to be a problem. But um, yeah, I I, I thought he should have got that headlining spot because this is a guy who legit looks like if he keeps his trajectory, he's gonna be fighting for a title in the next couple of years. Um, I, I I need the UFC to give me Cor, uh, Corey Sanhagen versus Pedrion. I need it. I'm all for I, it. I need it. Like I need it directly in my blood right now. You know what makes me sad? Every bantamweight, <laughs> every bantamweight prospect that comes in and starts handling business. I'm like, damn, Thomas Almeida. That was that was supposed to be you. That was. Wait, where are you at, man? And he's still around. He's still ranked, I think. Uh, is he? Does it really matter though? <laughs> I think of him, and I think of Tom Dukenwa, who retired. He's enjoying life now. But I'm like, that was that was supposed to be you. That's what I thought you were gonna do. You left me. <laughs> but um, nah, man. Corey Sanhagen, dude, dude is a he, he's a he's a problem. He is an issue. So great performance from him. Unanimous decision win. Um, we we we're. we're uh, late on time, so I want to spend a lot of time on these next couple fights. But it's hard because th- this was a really good card. Like, holy shit, it's really we're almost we're on hour four already. God damn, yeah, three, run okay. three, run three. <laughs> Probably because we had to cover Ryzen and one, but like there were a lot of good fights on this card, man. There were a lot of good performances. Next fight, man, Jakar Close <laughs> versus Christios Diagos at lightweight. Um, I don't remember this fight in a ton of specific detail. All I remember thinking is after the fir- when the first round was over, I was like, man, I thought your car would have had a little more, a little more umph. Like he seemed like he had to kind of like wake up. Right. And then I just remember that second, third round. I'm like, oh, he woke up. The the second gear, the third gear has been kicked into, and he is just kind of out here. Uh, Really, they both were. They both were, were trading back and forth, and it got really fun. But I was like, J- Jakar finally woke up like I thought he would, and he did He did more of what I thought he would in the second or third round, what I thought he would have did for the entirety of the fight. Um, but this was another fight, just really fun back and forth scrap. Just... It, it's kind of reminded me a little bit of the Pet... Because um, I rewatched it, it reminded me a little bit of like Pettis Diaz, where just the one dude was just more... Like Yagos is fine. Like he, like he, 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 he won the first eight minutes of this fight, but he is not a dude who is built to fight every second of the fight like your car closes. Um, like once he, because he got to closest back in the uh, in the second round, and was trying to threaten with like a rear naked choke. Once close got him off of his back. He proceeds to lose basically every second of the fight after that. Um, just close would just walk into range. Yagos would try to plant his feet and throw. And he started getting really sloppy with it because he was tired. And close would just hit him with like two, three punches, take him down, um, and, and pile it on from there. Like, just relentless pressure. So, like, really good performance from Close. 
that that lightweight. <laughs> that, that lightweight division. Boy, oh boy. But congrats to Jakar Close. One unanimous decision. Uh, moving on down to round out the ESPN prelims. Uh, we had Casey Kenny versus Manny Bermudez. I remember a lot of the fight, honestly, other than there was a lot of uh, grappling. It was, a, it was pretty good. Casey Kennedy's just out here like having like impressive performance after impressive performance because um, he beats right. Yeah, came. Yeah, in, he. Yes, a debut against Borg. and like, beats him in a grappling match. Like super impressive. Like, and then Manny Bermudez, who, um. Had at least like a fifteen pound weight advantage in this fight. Um, like he just goes out there and just outworks him. Um, like Bermudez is kind of like a bootleg Brian Ortega. I don't think he has the um, the trap game that Ortega has, where he's able to like, okay, like Ortega will do things like you know jump, uh, grab a guillotine on Cub Swanson. While they're both standing up, but like there's a like Brian Ortega has drilled a sequence to how to do that. I get the sense that Manny Bermudez does a lot of like trick stuff in training, where he's like, "Oh yeah, I'll go for like a flying armbar or whatever," but like not actually trained like how to get into positions to like actually do that. And he relies a lot on his size to just impose his will onto his opponents. Um. But, yeah, like, this was just a fight where, like, Ortega, uh, not Ortega, Bermudez would get to, like, an advantageous position with the grappling. Kenny would fight back from that position, like, and then hold, um, would get on top and just hold position and do a little bit of work. And it ended up being enough to get the unanimous decision. Um, so, yeah, that, like, really good stuff from Kenny. Like, I, I'm actually looking forward to, like, his next fight because it's just really fun to watch. Yeah, dude keeps a really... He has a really good, just, like, work rate. Yeah. Just, yeah. Really, really good Something work rate. Something to be said for so. a guy who will always, who is always working through adversity. And, once again, LFA alone. Mm-hmm. Former flyweight, Go watch. by the way. Like, he was a flyweight prospect before he ever got to UFC. Then they cut his division for, like, a few months. <laughs> so so far so, so far so good, so far so good. But yeah, keep 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 an eye on him, man. He's get, getting a debut win over Borg is kind of wild. And he, like I said, a guy with this kind of work rate, um, he might be able to do some things. So we'll, we'll see. So congrats to Casey Kenny. Um, that was the ESPN portion prelims, and then moving on to the Fight Pass prelims, we had Hannah Cyphers versus Jody Esquibel. Um. I'm not gonna lie. I don't remember this fight at all, other than me thinking, "Man, Jody Escobel is a little." Yeah. Um, <laughs> dude, like Jody Escobel is like um, Alicia Zapatella, except uh, Zapatella can like wrestle like really well, and Escobel is a boxer who like uh, like she likes to be on the outside, but like and like try to wing her way into. Um, like, try the box from the outside, but, like, you're 4'11", Jody Escobel. 
Like, what, what, what? You're not going to be able to do that consistently. Like, it's just not a thing you can do. And now she's 0-4 in the UFC. There's much need to expand. <laughs> Hannah Cyphers, unanimous decision win. I will say Hannah Cyphers, uh, like her, she's like a notoriously bad interview because she's cause she looks scared to death to be in the like to to be on the microphone. Um, but she did tweet out like, um. Like about her, like about her interview, like her first interview with Joe Rogan. I thought that was funny. Oh, good. She takes it all in stride, then. Yeah. So. I don't remember. I remember watching her. Uh... Oh, actually, you know what? I know why I didn't rewatch it. This is. I think this is one of the fights when I rewatched. Might have took a nap. <laughs> that that, that might have happened. That's probably why I missed it. Fair. I tried. I tried. But she got the W nonetheless. Uh, so congrats to Hannah Cyphers. At Bantamweight, Kyung Ho Kong versus Brandon Davis. Um, oh, they pays, I guess, to be well-rounded. It felt like in this fight, like, I thought Davis started off pretty good. Um, he was killing uh, uh, Kyung with those uh, leg kicks. That, that, that lower leg kick. Right. He was definitely abusing that. Um, I thought he started off pretty good, and then to me it kind of felt like after like that first round, um, once Kong got, I felt like kind of settled in and got Davis's timing down, he just kind of started to really kind of get off a little more. Um, just landing some good jabs, mixed it up pretty good. I think he took Davis down a couple times. Um, I don't know. I just I just feel like a <laughs> I feel like I say this about Davis every time. Like, he, he's a, I guess, a good action fighter, quote-unquote. But kind of, like, outside of that, like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I just don't see him, like, he'll give you a fun fight, but it's not a lot of guys I'm really going to pick him to beat. Yeah, no, um, like, it, one of the things that was really funny from this fight was Joe Rogan asking Dominic Cruz, like, why do Muay Thai fighters not do the whole kick to the calf thing that Brendan Davis was doing? It's probably because Muay Thai fighters are just, well, for starters, like, I think there's, like, a real, like, um, it's not a ter- like it's not a terribly effective kick when you fight somebody who knows how to defend like kicks, because all you're really doing is making it easier for them to check your kick, because you're just kicking at their shin. You know what I mean? Right. So like, and also it's really easy to counter as Kang uh, Kong, Kang did in the first round where he dropped Davis. On a, with a right hand as Davis was going for that lower calf kick. Um, but yeah, Davis is only good uh, like at fighting people who are like fighting right in front of him. 
And to and to his credit, he fought really well here because Kang is one of those types of guys who is used to having either like a reach or a strength advantage. Um and probably not too used to people kicking out his lead leg. But um Yeah, no, like I, I get I, I get why uh Dana likes Dana likes Dave uh Davis, but like at this point, like he, he's what one in three in the UFC because I think he beat Austin Arnett. Yeah, yeah but... I, uh, I'm sorry. He, he also he beat Steven Peterson and Randy Costa. So uh, he is two and four in the UFC. Dude. Yeah, and I don't see it getting really that much. Like he fights in the wrong division if he, this is going to be his style moving forward. I just feel like anytime he runs into a guy that's just slightly more well-rounded than he is, then he's he's going to be in trouble. Yeah. Like <laughs> he's going to be in trouble. Um. But congrats to Kyung Ho Kong. Uh, he won via split decision. And the last fight uh, we'll mention, which was the first fight of the card, Sabina Mazo versus Shayna Dobson. Ah, I was relieved. This fight made me happy. <laughs> After uh, Mazo's first performance where, like, she came out really flat and she didn't really kind of start to get a little busy until, like, it was just too little too late. Boy, was it good to see in this fight that she kind of she got to it quicker um but you know first fight you come in you gotta learn you know things might not go your way but um boy the Dobson just did not do herself any favors during this fight they mentioned it during commentary and it was super true that <laughs> obviously Mazel's very skilled but boy did Dobson just like accepted things during this fight like if Mazo decides, all right, we're just going to stay at range and I'm going to land this body kick, then that's just what's going to happen. And she lands the body kick, Dobson gets hurt, Mazo rushes her, that's the whole situation. If I want to clinch on the on the cage and just throw knees, then that's just what we're going to do. And that was just what would happen. Like, Mazo would clinch on the cage and just throw knees until her knees just hurt. Like, until she just wanted to do something else. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take you down, I'm just take you down. I'll get on top. I think in the first round she landed a nasty uh, elbow uh, around like the end of the first round. It was just like anything Mazo wanted to do, she could just do because Dobson just was completely out of her depth. Yeah, couldn't couldn't get in on the inside. Mazo was just really good at keeping her range, and like Dobson would try to fire off like a powerful like overhand right, but most of the time she kind of missed it. She, she was like just out of range. Mazo kept her at bay with the kicks, and then when they clinched, Mazo got just super busy with these knees. <laughs> like anything Mazo wanted to do, she just did for the course of three rounds. And then Dobson just didn't offer up really much. She just didn't have a lot of, didn't build up any resistance. There was just nothing. There was no pushback. Yeah, um, she like this was somebody who just did not have any idea how to get past the the. The kicks from uh, Maso. Um, I, I think Maso did like a really good job with like the the uh, the teeps and the push kicks and the her jab, just completely throwing up Dobson's um, distance. 
And when she got on the when she got on the inside, um, she beat her up in the clinch. Like, uh, it, like the two areas of the game where like Dobson would have to compete with her, and she just nullified her in both positions. Like, really nasty knees, uh, especially in that third round. It looked like the referee looked like he was about to jump in like every like three seconds. Um. Be, because of the uh, the knees from Maso. Um really happy for her. She got her first win in the UFC. Um feel bad for Dobson because I, I I go back to that fight she had with uh, Lauren Mueller. Or it wasn't Lauren Mueller. Um I don't, I don't remember how to say her name. But like there's something there. But it's super raw. She like she mm, she's a tween, uh, she's like a team leader in person. Like, I don't know what type of training she's getting, because I think that's a recent move. I don't think she's always been there. I think she was like training at, like a small gym in like Iowa or something. Prior to um, prior to that. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I like I I feel bad because like, I like I think she has potential to be like a really good flyweight, but like she's just not gonna get there fighting in the UFC because. Like Mazo is basically as like I'm as low on the totem pole as you can get. Um and you know, she still lost her. In devastatingly one sided fashion. Yeah, I'd say it wasn't even like it was a competitive like back and forth. Like he kinda got handled out here. Like <laughs> it, it was not a not a really a good show. Yeah. Um so, but I'm I'm happy for Maso. Like I, I really I really like Maso's game. She's Colombian. I'm Colombian. It's great. It's great to have representation after first round. Let the whole country down. <laughs> she gotta put the team on her back. I, I, like Alejandra Laura. Like, I didn't expect her to beat Emilia McFarland. So. Yeah, that is what it is. Maso, you you have to be the hope of the country. There you go. You have no choice. <laughs> yeah. the, the fate is in your hands. Nah, she she's good though, man. Yeah, I, I like I, I like her game. I hope she can keep keep evolving. Um, I, I just want to see those kind of performances against higher level competition. Uh, I want I want to see you be able to do. Well, whoever you fight is going to offer a little more resistance than that. But you, you get it. Like, I, I want to see you be able to be be that impressive against somebody else who's going to, like, try to give you some problems. But, um, no, good, definitely, definitely good win for Mazo. Happy that she finally got her first win. I want her to be something at Flyway, man. I, I want her to be somebody we see in some big fights in the future. But, um, Mazo got the win via unanimous decision. And that was UFC 241. Um, all in all, man, this entire weekend was awesome. There were just a lot of good. There were so many good fights just everywhere. There was a lot of good fisticuffs being thrown. And then this card was just great prelims. The main card was just heat just all over the place. Go rewatch this. This, this, this is a card that was worth. This is worth the watch. This, if you missed this, go back and watch it on uh, 
uh, ESPN, where, wherever you can watch it, go watch it. This is worth every second of the watch. Especially that <laughs> that last three fight stretch is crazy. From Costa Romero to Diaz Pettis to Steep ADC. When like, the UFC wants to, they can or they can still put on these cards. It, yeah. it takes it takes a lot of um. It takes a lot of maneuvering and like, uh, on their part, but like it, it can be done. Yeah, and, and just shout outs to all the fighters on this card, regardless if you know one a lot, cause like, it's everybody boarded, man. Like, just there was just so many good performances from top to bottom, from the main card to the prelims. Like, I was thoroughly, thoroughly satisfied watching this. This was one of those cards that was like, oh, this is why I like this stupid sport so much. I get one of these every once in a while. It, it makes me feel good. It, it, it makes me feel great. But then you get a rising card when Horiguchi loses, and then you remind yourself why you don't like this sport so much sometimes. But, you know, give and take. <laughs> Yin and Yang. I, I guess the universe has to balance out some way. But, nah, man, awesome weekend of fight. So go back, watch UFC 241. Go watch one championship, Creams of Gold. Go watch Rising 18. It was all great. It was all awesome. It was all worth it. So, that was uh, UFC 241. And what is it? Next week we have... Um, excuse me. Is that the Chen Zen card? Not next week. The week after. Next... Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Next week we actually got a week... Uh, oh, we got a free week. Uh, well... Oh, no. Bell- Bellator's next yeah. week. Yeah. Are you not excited for Mitrion Karatanov too? Um, One of these right, men actually, should not be able to have children anymore. Right. <laughs> I was going to say, actually, uh, I'm probably going to miss that card. That's, uh, that's fine. It, there are three heavyweight fights on the main card. Yeah, we don't need that. Yeah. We don't need that. Yeah, my, my homie has a birthday next week. I'm probably going to be uh, out in D.C. I keep in, the Fate keeps bringing me to D.C. I, I think it's telling you to run for office. Uh, <laughs> that's not good for none of us. Actually, you know what? No, I'd be a great president. I, I'd be... <laughs> I appreciate the confidence. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be a great president. Great, great. Yeah. And you know what? No, I'm going to leave that alone. I was no, Nick say... Newell's fighting. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Right, yeah, right, whoa, 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 whoa. Corey Browning. Yeah. Yeah, I mentioned that a couple of the weeks. He, got, he has a one-fight contract. Yeah, Corey Browning, <laughs> who ended two hype trains in a row. He's... Oh, wait. I'm, I'm thinking of Junie Browning. Which is someone completely different. No, no. <laughs> Corey beat a... Uh... Little baby slice and um, what's the other guy? I can't remember the other guy he beat. He 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 beat like two kind of like hype. Aaron players. Chalmers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you're interested, there were hype. Tra- there were hype trains in like name only. There was no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, nobody saying yeah. Aaron Chalmers for champ in twenty whatever. But um, yeah. So you got Bellator next week, and then the week after, uh, on the thirty first, uh, UFC Chen Zen. Headlined by Jessica Andrade and Wei Li Zhang. Then you got Aleski Dos Santos versus The Leech, Jing Li An Lee. Uh, you got Yanan Wu versus Mizuki Inouye. Uh, Kanan Song versus Derek Krantz. Anthony Hernandez versus Ju Young Park. Uh, Kai Car France versus Mark De La Rosa. A couple of good, good fights on here. Andre Sukumtots on the card. Should be a good time. Um, and then it's at 6 o'clock in the morning, so. Really? Oh, I'm going to miss this. Oh, this is the card I'm actually going to miss. I have to go to a birthday uh, 
dinner that night. So I'm probably going to miss this. Uh... Oh, that sucks. I'm going to have to sneak and watch this at work because I got to see Willie Zhang and Jessica Andrade. I got to I gotta catch that. Cause a lot of y'all were out there hating on Zhang. Y'all not appreciating the work that she's put in. Not saying she's going to win, but I remember y'all hating when this fight got announced. I didn't forget. Yeah, yeah, some people are really yeah, dumb. Y'all, uh, y'all, y'all were, y'all were real bitter. But um, no. So next couple weeks should be cool. Well, I, I don't know about Bellator. That's that's whatever. It'll be a thing. You'll at least you have something to watch. But that following week, that's that's gonna be a pretty solid card. So either way, we'll be. Uh, ew, Minikov, Minikov. Ew. <laughs> Disgusted after. Hey, Minikov ill, Javier Ayala, yes. Javier Ayala, why is Javier Ayala not in the fucking main event? Because <laughs> he's not Matt Mitchell, on a Sergey Carasano. But he, wait, yeah, he beat Sergey Carasano in 16 uh, seconds. He didn't kick, but he didn't kick him in the And nut. Frank Mir. <laughs> yeah. Not true. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't sure, finish the job. <laughs> oh, man. But, um. Yeah, so Bellator next week, UFC the week after, probably some other fights in between then. Uh, um, if anybody's interested, oh, it's not next week; it's the week after. But don't uh, Vasily Omachenko. Uh, he's fighting on the thirty-first against Luke Campbell. I believe that'll be on ESPN Plus or ESPN. Um, since we're not going to do one next, I might as well read off. Uh, well, I guess there's nothing happening. Uh, if anybody wants to watch Huey, F- Huey Fury fight, he's going to be fighting Alexander Povekin. Um, he's on that same Vasily Lomachenko card. Um, there was something else. Uh, oh, uh, Juan, Francis- Juan Francisco Estrada. The homie, um, famous for his fight with um, Sorungvisai, the man who knocked out um, Roman Gonzalez. He, he's going to be in action next week. He's going to be defending his uh, super flyweight title. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be on the zone because he had a deal with HBO, but I believe that's all but gone. And uh, if you're interested, Sergey Kovalev will be fighting next week as well. He'll be fighting Anthony Yarde on... Um, in Russia, so I'm not sure that's going to get like a TV. Oh, it's going to be an ESPN. Okay, good, great. So, stuff to watch if you're there not you bored. Or if, if you're in on you're a bored. Saturday, you don't got nothing else to do. There will be fisticuffs for you to enjoy. There are, there's always blood to always. be shed. Always. Nobody's ever not getting punched. Or kicked or elbowed. Some variation. <laughs> but, uh... That's all we got for today's episode, so go ahead and close with uh, parting shots and shout-outs. Um, I'm going to give, uh, I have a shout-out, I have two shout-outs. One of them's a little on a sadder note, uh, but uh, first shout-out to Simone Biles. Isn't she, like, I think technically now the most decorated, uh, gymnast something i'm really bad at uh my shout outs as you guys can tell she's the most decorated something now um 
but she did a uh, triple-double on her floor routine, which, if you don't really watch that kind of thing, that might not mean anything to you. But pull up the video on YouTube and make sure you find the slow-motion version of this triple-double that she did. Um, it's kind of wild that she flipped her body three times in the air before she hit the ground not sure it, it was one of those things that when you watch it like the first time you don't even really realize what she did and then you watch it again it's like oh that was inhuman <laughs> like not sure yeah. how you pulled that one off but you did it and i think she did something crazy on the beam too but i can't remember what it was oh yeah, i saw she was that on too. the beam going off um point is simone biles has been out here just killing it just putting herself in like the history books just every time she's like at an event she just like adds to her her legacy um so shout outs to simone biles that like i said go go look at the triple double on the floor routine that that joint is you watch in slow motion it's like what that was a, a straight up like matrix move like i don't know how you did that but hats off to you hats off to you so shout outs to simone biles and uh, shout out and rest in peace to Cedric Benson. Uh, for people who don't know, if you're a football fan, you may know uh, know this name. Uh, Cedric Benson was a former running back. Uh, he played, I know he played for the Bengals. Um, he played, what other teams did he play for? I know, know the Bengals are like the most notable, at least like NFL team. Uh, he played for, he was actually drafted by the Bears, um, and he ended up playing for the Bengals, but, um, you know, solid NFL career, but for those, for me, because I'm a uh, college football fan, and the Longhorns are my squad, uh, he played with us, so if you're a Texas Longhorn fan, you know who Cedric Benson is, literally one of the greatest <laughs> running backs that has ever come through that university ever, um, he was from Midland, Texas. I want to say, um, ah, he, I can't remember if he's the highest rank. No, no, no. He's the second highest, I think. Um, did do? He played at Texas from 2001 to 04. Um, he had 5,540 yards. He's ranked second all time behind Ricky Williams, um, total. And he's ninth in NCAA history at Russian. Um, if you watched him in college, man, you know how much <laughs> of a beast Cedric Benson was when he played with the Longhorns. Um, dude was a phenomenal collegiate athlete um, and a, a, a good pro athlete as well when he went to the NFL. Um, but man, yeah, really sad, man. He died um, uh, on a motorcycle crash. I'm not sure the situation behind it. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there was any foul play or anything crazy. I want to say they. I want to say they said um, it was due to speeding and like bad weather. Um, I don't know if he collided with anybody. I'm not sure the details of the situation, but um, I, I think he was with a woman also. I think the woman died also. Um, just not. Uh, it just. It really, really, really sucks. Not. Not a headline that you just want to see. Um, but. Rest in peace to uh, Cedric Benson. He was only uh, 36 years old. 
and uh, lost his life in a, a motorcycle accident. So, uh, rest in peace to Cedric Benson. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Um, so the Hugo Awards were today. So shout out to everybody who um, who won an award. Um, wasn't that, oh, the Hugo, the Victor Hugo Awards are for um, what is sci-fi? Um, works of science fiction. Um, so that that was going down today in like Dublin. So, um, shouts to them. Um, I'm sorry, not the Victor Hugo. It was Hugo uh, Gernsback. Um. Shout everybody who won. Shout everybody who plays. I I'm I've seen some of the stuff that um that was nominated. It's great. Um, I love the Hobby duology by Lindsay Ellis and Angela Meehan. So if you guys want, go watch that. Um, uh, let's see what else. Um, oh, shout out to Joe Murphy of Rocco's Bar and Life. Finally made it onto something after like years of like a year of being done and just sitting on a shelf. Because Nickelodeon didn't <laughs> want to air it. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's great. It's like a 45-minute episode of Rockwell's Modern Life from the 90s, except in, you know, 2019. Um, if you're a fan of the original show, go check it out. It's I'm great. Um, silver. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, God. Just walk around all day saying I'm nauseous. <laughs> um, do I have anything else? Um, oh, I don't know if this is a shot, but I think we should all just point and laugh at like Yahoo and then Verizon and just Tumblr in general, because so you gotta know when to walk away from the table, and they did to the tune of like a billion dollars. And like loss, <laughs> Yahoo paid 1.1 billion dollars for Tumblr, and then they and then got bought by Verizon for 4.4 billion dollars, or whatever. And then men, and then somehow, some way, sold Tumblr for three million dollars to the people who own WordPress. <laughs> That's uh rich people shouldn't yeah, have one. That, that math is crazy. <laughs> That's some wild math. Um mm. <laughs> I don't even know what else to say. Oh, real quick, last shout out. Uh shout outs to uh LaShawn Thomas. If you don't know who LaShawn Thomas is, uh he's an animator who worked uh he worked on the Boondocks, he worked on I want to say Black Dynamite. He worked on Legend of Korra. Um, a few other notable shows. Um, he had a show way, way back when called Cannon Buster that he did a Kickstarter for. And I donated it to this like years and years and years ago. And it is finally an actual thing. It is on Netflix. Um, it's 12 episode long, episodes long. It's an anime. Um, I'm not done yet. I have like three episodes left. Um, but it's pretty dope. And I'm really happy for him that, like, literally this is something he's been trying to get off the ground for the longest of times. 
and so many years later, it's like an actual product. So shout out to Lashawn Thomas uh, and this show Cannon Busters. I'm, I'm glad that it it finally came out and it's it's actually pretty dope. So go give that a look if you're an anime fan. But that's all we got for today's episode. So as always, give us a look. YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Hit us up on social media, Dodo Talk Podcast Facebook page, as well as the Instagram page. Send questions to Dodo Talk Podcast at Yahoo.com. Follow me on Twitter and Twitch at Serial Sensei. And like I said, next week, uh, unfortunately, well, I don't say unfortunately, but got to go celebrate the homies B-Day. So I'm not going to be there for Bellator, so we probably won't cover it, which means there probably won't be an episode next week. So you guys will have a week away from us. We'll be back next week afterwards. So don't forget about us. See y'all in September. <laughs> right. <laughs> see, see y'all in September, man. So uh, we will catch you guys later. And as always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. Until next time, we will catch you guys later. <laughs>